Hello there, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Man. Thank you so much for checking out this special bonus episode of the Attitude Era podcast as once again we're heading back to 316 Gimmick Street via the Broken Skull Ranch for a little bit more of the Broken Skull Challenge and we are of course talking straight up Steve Austin a bit as well. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to all the folks who are supporting us on patreon.com slash aepodcast where you can get access to over 100 hours of bonus audio content and videos for your eyes as well and if you're looking for a reason to sign up now or to justify your continued patronage if you go over and check out patreon.com slash podcast right now there is a brand new video episode up the long-awaited video diary and retrospective from adam biblo who spent a week making the game following that to the letter i have seen it and it is incredibly ridiculous and unmissable you've got to check it out get access to that 50 episodes of the smackdown crawl and as well as that the biblo tech book report series for a mere five dollars and don't forget this september 7th at the london podcast festival king's place theater in london our live show is going to be coming at you we're talking wrestlers in ads tickets are available now close to a sellout so you want to grab them before the date from kingsplace.co.uk for a mere nine pounds fifty you get 15 percent off if you buy three or more tickets from across the festival how to wrestling has got a show on earlier in the day at 4 30 we're on at seven check it out kingsplacetheater.co.uk UK. It's going to be a massive meetup and a hangout with all of us from the podcast again to meet all of our lovely backers and all our lovely fans. It is always a fun time and there will be exclusive merchandise available from the festival this year. So if you're coming, you can get your hands on some exclusive brand new goodies. But hey, until then, let's raise a beer one more time. An IPA, if you will, and a sip of it for the working man as we return to the Broken Skull Challenge. and welcome to the Attitude Era podcast. Bono episode spectacular as Kevin and Adam are back once again and we're talking a bit of Broken Skull Challenge. Yeah. Adam, how do you feel sitting in the saddle right now because we're about to talk about a sequel to probably one of the most beloved episodes we've ever done. I'm not surprised it's one of the most beloved episodes we've ever done because we were talking about one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Yeah, I have to say, and I can't believe this lost me for a second, when I went back to rewatch some Broken Skull Challenge and I was meant to watch two, I watched four. You watched four? I watched four. It's a good show, isn't it? Because this is legitimately, now cancelled, the greatest television program that has ever been conceived or devised. Mm-hmm. Or broadcast. And I'm glad it was cancelled before it went shit. Like, mm. it's now it's a perfect show. Much like Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's absolutely. absolutely flawless. Like. And then there's going to be the Broken Skull movie. Like, you know, <laughs> whoop ass, walk with me. <laughs> Which focused a little bit too much on the Hunter storyline that people didn't really care for. And then he'll tie it all together. 25 years from now, Adam, we'll be talking about Broken Skull Challenge. The Return. The Return. Is it future or is it past? You sorry son of a bitch. <laughs> so we're talking today about Broken Skull Challenge and forgive this incredibly specific numbering of episodes, but there's a, there is a rationale behind this. Mm-hmm. Firstly, we wanted to get the most recent. Secondly, we didn't want to make the mistake we made last time and get the same challenges. Yeah, we really did not do our research on the first episode because we just watched two apps that had exactly the same challenges and we were like, oh, is that it? Oh no, there's more. There, there were lots. 
Guess we won't see them on this episode. <laughs> no, so all we did was read them out. So this is Season 5, Episode 1. Yes. And we're also going to be covering Season 5, Episode 4. Mm-hmm. To give the ladies a chance to have their own obstacles and a little bit of distance between them, you know? Now, we're reviewing this because people enjoyed it the first time around. Broken School Challenge is so much fun and it's fun to talk about. But, like you say, it is dead and buried now. It's a finished show. And Stone Cold has since moved on to other things, hasn't he, Kevin? He has. The new, possibly joke titled, Straight Up Steve Austin. (laughs) I can't tell you how much that made me laugh. It's such a good title. There was, and I'll tell you what, in Lincoln, where where you and I met, we used to Mm -hmm. live. Lovely Lincoln. It was somewhere in England. Not really sure where. Yeah, somewhere in the middle, I think. I lived there, but I'm not really sure where it was. It could have been like a Bermuda Triangle type situation. There was a restaurant there, which was like sports themed, and it was real, like all about sports. And they had a menu outside, and it was like, I know what this is. ball and hamburger. And then there was one which was straight, straight up, up hot, hot dog. dog. <laughs> and I remember this, I saw it, I was like, look, everyone, look! <laughs> this stupid <laughs> restaurant is called their hot dog as a straight up hot dog. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I even went into the restaurant with a big smile on my face <laughs> and I ordered it. Do you know what a straight up hot dog is? A plain hot dog. It is. It's a plain, <laughs> yeah. plain hot dog yep. with no onions or nope. garnishes. You know, the things that make a hot dog edible. So straight up Steve Austin then. No gimmicks. No like faffing around with any accoutrements this is just straight up stone cold yeah not even cooked no not even not even stone cold it's just steve austin in fact straight up steve austin yeah and i'm pretty sure he can't say stone cold because it's wwe he can't actually because and we'll say it now we watched straight up steve austin so we can have a little chat about it now i did notice he waited till the end of the show where he was like and that's the bottom line because i say so who are you me <laughs> straight up Steve Austin that's what they call him straight up straight up straight up the rattlesnake and that's the bottom line because straight up said so oh my god he hit him with the straight up stunner <laughs> that's amazing the straight up stunner and I was sitting around and my wife said to me god damn drink your tea before it goes straight up and I was like god damn that's it right there straight up Steve Austin so here is uh, Steve Austin is just naked on a bun with no accoutrements uh-huh. Plainly served with a large man from Ireland pointing and cackling at him. Adam, how would you describe that? We have watched the first episode of Straight Up Steve Austin. People are thinking that this was going to be a review of Straight Up Steve Austin. I don't think there's enough meat on that bone. No, there was barely <laughs> enough meat on that bone to get the 22 minutes of the fucking episode. <laughs> yes, alone us doing a. Re- I know we're known for our kind of meandering long winded yeah, reviews, but, but even we struggle with that. Like, yeah, no. We'll take two episodes of Broken Skull Challenge. Trust us, this is what you want. No, you want no, no, no. you want this. This is the good one. Like. Give it a year, you'll know this is what you want. But there has been the first episode of Straight Up Steve Austin. We did watch it with his special guest, Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle, who's known for his mostly supporting roles. He plays the asshole in comedy movies. He was in Daily Show as well uh, with okay. John Stewart. So okay, there's your WWE connection right there, folks. Oh, that's it, right there. Honorary New Day member John Stewart. He was the asshole in uh, Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. He was the asshole in Twenty One Jump Street as well. He was an asshole in The Hangover as mm-hmm. well, wasn't he? And he was an asshole in the US Marines I believe as well as as they will talk about later on in the interview well Steve Austin said he never met a man in the Marines he did not love 
That's a That's very broad stroke there. Very bold thing to say, Steve. Yeah? Are we sure? Does anyone... No, I tell you what. Don't bother. Just leave it for now. But... I mean, Randy Orton even. <laughs> like... Well, no, that's different. He left. He, wasn't he kicked out, uh, Yeah. He got one of the, t- the two types of discharges. And remember, you can't spell dishonorable without honorable. <laughs> so Stone Cold... Sorry. Straight up Steve Austin... <laughs> And Rob Riggle, they're going to have a little interview. That's the point of the Straight Up Steve Austin show. He's a good interviewer now because of all of his practice on his podcast. He, you know what? He's, he has gotten better at that. Oh, yeah, I, I don't mean that as a joke, sorry. I, I genuinely think, and this is something that he's always talked about on his podcast, that he tries hard to learn and to get better at being an interviewer, and he always beats himself up about shitty interviews. For like... instance, the one of the most human moments for Steve Austin in recent memory was when someone was in he's doing a lot of media for this and someone asked him about like hey that Dean Ambrose interview yeah and he was like not a day goes bad that I do not think about that interview because he was fucking mortified and I it is kind of sad that he got the rap for that I think we even gave him some of the rap for that I think it it was mostly WWE's fault it was apparently it was a producer told him ask these questions ask these questions they've all been okay and Ambrose was asked and he said don't ask that and Mm -hmm. they still went ahead anyway but it's one thing that like Almost every wrestler out there with a podcast, it's just like, oh, fuck it, I'll get Conrad Thompson to give me a hand, and then we'll just answer some questions, I don't give a fuck. Stone Cold, he talks about that, and he's like, "Uh, that was a suck-ass interview, I think about it every fucking day, I hate that I did that. Like, he cares so much about his podcast and his interviewing skills. He considers that his full-time thing right now. Yeah, and he he throws himself into whatever he is doing. Like, he has such a good work ethic, Stone Cold. Whatever you want to say about him, he he, tries. He is a a (laughs) try-hard in in the nicest way possible. Like, the idea of putting Steve Austin and his newly found interview skills Mm -hmm. into the same arena as a variety of of big names. I know Becky Lynch is going to be on an episode, apparently, which would be quite interesting. You texted me yesterday when you watched this. There was a description you gave this whole show which was so perfect and on point what the, the stone cold experience day gift card like <laughs> this honestly seems like something i could have got for you from wh smith for your birthday like but it comes in a nice like leather oh it's case. a really fancy envelope which is a like, dvd oh no oh no it's just a card <gasps> a stone cold experience day oh, oh my we god get to do? we get to drive a tank and talk about the army shoot some guns yeah eat chicken <laughs> uh, tell me why do you want uh, why do you want to season this chicken uh before. Why do you want to see? Why would you want to season this chicken now? It's still hot. And he's like, "Well, Steve, because if you season the chicken uh, too late dry. when it's dry, the seasoning will <laughs> the seasoning will fall off." God damn, son! Now let me just tell you right now, straight up, Steve Austin is a straight up fucking bullshitter as far as I'm concerned. Because mm-hmm. he had a man there kind of going, oh yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to marinate here now. We're going to rub our, our chicken. Not you fucking talk about chicken. How dare you? He's rubbing the marinade in and it's it's buttermilk and eggs. Mm-hmm. And he rubs it for a good five minutes it is. And mm-hmm. then like, oh, that's the best chicken ever. You need to overnight that and you fucking know it. <laughs> ain't no broken skull ranch in the broken skull challenge. Ain't no overnight buttermilk basting. <laughs> fucking straight up bullshit is what this is. And it's for that reason we will not be reviewing the Broken Skull Challenge. Thanks for listening. No. Patreon.com. No. <laughs> I'm going to go make some fucking profit chicken. <laughs> Looks like it's just me and you, folks. <laughs> yeah, you're right. One of the things they do is they make chicken. Let's, let's go through in order. They start off in a tank. 
They get in a big tank and they crush some cars. You ever drive one of these before, Rob? No. Oh. We're not going to drive it now because we've got a mate here. He's going to drive it for us. Yeah, that, that's that's the fun experience, isn't it? Someone driving a tank for you. Like. And literally the two of them are stood in the back like, Wee! This it's is great. It's like the GoldenEye level where you're on the rails in the <laughs> yeah. tank. Like, you were Pierce Brosnan going, Way! Someone qualified is driving this. So they crush all these cars. Mm. And I, I, I didn't even tell you the main important thing. Before they got to the tank range, Stone Cold meets up with Rob Riggle and he's like, All right, now, Rob, I want to show you something. Why don't you come with me? Get in my contraption here. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the show, his yeah, contraption. It's a special kind of like, it's like a, a beige pipe Mario Kart cart. It's the buggy from Half Life 2, if you ever played that. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it is. Absolutely. Like, and they go in his contraption, and after they've destroyed these cars, he's like, All right, now I want you to rip off a bit of this car and load it up in the contraption with me here. <laughs> he's he's really, really good for the environment, Steve, because he's like, look, we're just going to smash up a load of cars and leave them out here on the ranch. We're going to reuse and yeah, recycle. recycle them. I'm going to take these three doors. We're going to shoot them later on. We're going to leave them out on the range there, you know. <laughs> I drew a silly face on my door. So then, yeah, they go and they've got like this big fucking minigun that they blast into these doors and shoot load the shit out of. And also, they have a lengthy, lengthy lengthy discussion about his beer and how tasty it is oh man Not available in the stores now steve yeah yeah oh, we should say yeah outside of the activities what they're talking about is the banal like oh so you served time huh don't want you to tell me a little bit about the town and military so you say served time they see like he's a prisoner Sorry, i said the wrong word got my verbiage wrong the, the marines is not the black watch like you don't get sent there for look a for a little soy boy like me that's what it may as well be like it's scary <laughs> They talk about the military, they talk about football, they talk about acting auditions. He's like... a lot better at being personable than comedian Rob Rickles is. Oh yeah, no, and the, the, the one fault I will say with Stone Cold maybe is he is quite quick to like, oh that's cool, well my anecdote, let me tell you my anecdote, and he'll like talk over them a bit. Well, it's but, straight up Steve Austin, not straight up guests. That's but, not the name of the show. His anecdotes are better than Rob Riggles anyway. Like, I, I would rather this show was just Stone Cold on his own, crushing cars and shooting guns. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it's good to watch this if you've not listened to the Steve Austin podcast in the last while, like we haven't, mm. and you want to get caught up on some of his anecdotes that are, you know, in the cycle, you know? What is the Trader Joe's car park like these days? I don't know. How has like, it changed in the last three years? How like, has the Stone Cold podcast changed in the last few years? You know, I've, it's been so fucking long since I listened to it, dude. I don't know if Teddy Fowler's involved anymore. Obviously, Mo Darwich is like a, uh, Mo, a memory in the wind nowadays. You know, who? You know? But he's gone down to one a week now instead of two one a, a week. week. Yeah, because he said that Broken School Challenge, like things were getting too hectic his schedule was really tough i know the the, the ranch he closed up the ranch as well <gasps> he moved out uh, no. the upkeep was apparently too much so he's in los angeles full time now damn so yeah i know the the the, the ranch is closed down and the family friendly version or i i'm not sure i don't think he does the explicit podcast anymore he does one podcast a week mm. Uh, whether it's explicit or family, I can't remember. And then the other one they release on the timeline is like a classic Stone Cold classic. episode. Like, w- can we start doing that? Can we? When people start saying like, "Can you guys release episodes more frequently?" Yeah, can we just re-release old ones that are still available on the well, timeline anyway. Well, we do have Throwback Thursday. We do. You know, well, which, I- which, by the way, if you're ever like kind of thinking, "Hey, here's an episode that I've listened to recently that I enjoyed, I've not got any love." 
get let us know of a Thursday, you on know, a Thursday. on a Thursday, and we'll always show because I think anytime it's up to me, I'll be like, "Ha, broken school challenge, <laughs> throwback Thursday." But what I like with him doing repeats on his podcast is that like the podcast is always available on the feed; it's there permanently. Like, yeah, but you won't have to scroll, man. Like, <laughs> you know what the fuck? Like, like. Honestly, can we just do reruns on the feed of re-uploading? Put them on there twice again, if possible. Now, like, I, I would suggest we just do clips shows, but those are actually really hard. Yeah, to that, do. that is a lot of work. I have sat down like three or four times in the past six or seven years, and be like, I think I'm gonna do a clip. Nope, 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 nope. No, that's not fun. If you at home would like to do it for me, let me know. <laughs> So the other thing about Straight Up Steve Austin that I like is that, that he goes to these different stations. It is like a morning breakfast show that you'd see where they're like, okay, well, that's it for the news now then. Let's go and check in with Jeremy in the kitchen and see what he's making for us. And they oh, yeah. Over, like. now, there was a part where he went over to the chef and the chef, who was smaller than him, shook his hand and he went, all right, big brother, how's it going? And I was like, holy <gasps> shit, is this Kevin Austin? Yeah, who got run over by a horse. Straight up Kevin Austin. He's doing well after his accident. Yeah, it's not him. No, it's not him. It's just some guy. Some chef. Whatever. But it's nice. they got a little cooking station. It is so much like a morning breakfast show at this point. He's like, so what are we making here? And like you say, we've got the We're making some chicken. fucking bullshit. But what you left out beforehand, and this bit went on for a lot longer than I hoped it would. You were like, okay, before we uh, before we fry these chicken, we want to be nice and flat, so everyone get your whole chicken there. And you just want to crush the bones, like squeeze down, and there's plenty of big... And it just goes yeah, on. Yeah, listen to the AESMR podcast. <laughs> do you do that when you cook chicken? Do you crush the rib cage and like feel it? I'll tell like, you what, oh, I'll do, if I'm spatchcocking, I will. But what about all the broken shards of bone inside it then? Well, when you spatchcock, you get your scissors, snip, 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 you take out the spine, flip it onto its back, you do that, you do the the double hand, you you crush the ribs. It's not, it's one motion, you you break the breastbone just so that it flattens out and it cooks quicker. You can cook a chicken in half an hour if you spatchcock it. Is that all you're doing? And I may flip it over and cut out the ribs as well with a knife if I'm feeling, you know, fancy. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to have to pick any bones out. But what he's doing... They're like mushing up these chicken. It's not like one snap. It's like, okay, break it. And now crush down again. And nah, again. Nah, and again. Now pick s- it up and wring it in your hands. Like, I made you fried chicken a while ago. Mm. How was it, by the way? It was really good. Oh, you really get me to say this on recording, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, you know, that's, that was the verbal contract we got into when I made you fried chicken. <laughs> you don't want loads of little bones coming out of your mouth. You certainly don't. You know, I, I'll, I like to have the one bone and go... Yeah, you know, and they clean. They like, were done, like you know. I like a nice crispy bit of chicken, but the crispiness should be the batter, not the bones, man. Best is Austin takes like the smallest bite, but he's like, "That's really good," and he walks away. <laughs> There's like four <laughs> chickens there. I know. Ridiculous waste. Straight up, Steve Austin is possibly one of the better WWE slash USA collabs, mainly because it is. Short and sweet. It is. It's very short. You know, you're you're talking a very brief encounter with, with Stone Cold, and I think the fact as well that because it is an interview format, compare. I'm comparing a lot to Miz and Misses, the other WWE reality yeah. show, which is so overtly scripted, like mm. to the point where you wonder if Mike Mizanin was ever a human being to begin with. Aww. This it is. It's like it's letting Steve Austin do what he does best. What is very funny to me is that this show has come along, and Steve Austin is now doing. You know, he's doing loads of media appearances. He's on Hot Ones and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, he's all over the place at the moment, and he's been saying a lot. It's like I can't understand why the rocket scientists over a country music television decided to cancel the Broken Skull Challenge. Hell, it was cheap to make. 
You didn't have to promote it because everyone came back and watched. It did good numbers. It won awards. It did have a trade dispute in its second season with yeah, the Union. Whoops! <laughs> but this show, I'll tell you what, this is an expensive-ass show is straight up Steve Austin. Yeah, honestly. Fucking first episode in, we've crushed three cars, had a tank, got a minigun, we've cooked four whole chickens. Half the, <laughs> half the length of an episode of Broken Skull Challenge, twice the cost of an entire season of Broken Skull Challenge. And I imagine that's just Robbie Rickles fucking... I was gonna say, don't forget his fee. Like, he ain't cheap, like, you know. You can get him back for Hangover 3. You think, why? You know, why would a great movie like that wouldn't have him on board? I forgot, he was the asshole in The Hangover. He was, like, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, I will say, this is on USA, and I'm, I'm so happy for Austin to finally have a show on a... I mean, USA is not the best network, but it's a damn sight better than country music television. That's true. Like, it's the first time we've got a show on a decent channel. No, it's true, yeah. And he, I imagine the budget will be much better for this. He's like, a medium fish in a medium pond. Yeah. Characters welcome. <laughs> okay, so sell yourself in, folks. You can find this episode if you're in the UK. It's on the UK TV Play. Is UK TV Play, that's it. It's a Free catch-up free service. Free, free service. I believe CMT over in America, you can still stream this as well. This is, of course, we're in summer 2019, so mm-hmm. don't be relying on the past for your current day information. So this is Season 5, Episode 1 of Steve Austin's Broken Skull Challenge. Adam, let's set the tone. I'm Steve Austin, and I'm looking for the toughest badasses in America. <laughs> Each week, I invite 80 lead athletes to my ranch to go head-to-head. Why? Every round, competitors are knocked out. Medic until only one is left standing. That's what I'm talking about! That person earns the right to take on my new Skullbuster. A half-mile course with 10 grooming obstacles designed to stop the most elite athlete. If you can beat my course, I'll give you $10,000. Because you are one tough my name is Steve Austin, and Kazuka, the toughest badasses in America. You had the wrong language option on your one. I did a little bit there at the start. Wow, let me tell you, I mean, this was like being welcomed into a family home once again. The warm hugs, roaring fire. I felt back at the ranch. You say that, I I genuinely got that vibe immediately because this took me straight back to like, what, five years ago? Me and you lived together in Lincoln in our living room on a summer's night watching this show like bright red with laughter. Yeah. And this opening with the Absto Cold Steve Austin. I was straight back in that moment, Kevin. The intro package for it was quite interesting. Now, uh, a lot of things have stayed the same with the Broken Skull Challenge. Mm -hmm. I think they have reflected find that kind of cinematic vibe that they you know the first season it was very shaky and I think they've actually I got a lot less motion sickness watching it this time it felt like it was a little bit more uh, figured out what they were actually going for yeah I, I agree that the editing's a bit more refined, maybe. Also refined to the fact that when they're like, I got some of the toughest challenges on my ranch, and like 15 seconds in, you get this weird like, oh, yeah. Where I'm not sure if it was a lady contestant whose voice they scaled down, 
or a male contestant who they scaled up and then slowed down. <laughs> it was a very sexual moan, Adam. It was very upsetting, I thought. A very upsetting sexual moan. And those are the worst kinds of moans. There's a new Skullbuster. A new Skullbuster. A brand new Skullbuster. And it's more difficult than ever, which is reflected in the prize money, which is now... Same amount. There's a wrinkle with this little bit of money, though, right? With the $10,000. I think before it was you just had to beat the record, you got $10,000. Whereas now, because this is a returning season, his Skullbuster champions from previous seasons, they're allowed to come in and set the time first. And then if you can't beat their time, they get the money. That's always been the case, I think. Has it? Yeah, because I remember we talked about that in season one, how unfair it is that you might actually win the Skullbuster and you beat it and you finally made it. And then Stone Cold's like, uh, but you were three seconds shy. I'm going to hand it over to this guy Oh, instead. I see. So the because the, the guys here, the champions have got a considerable purse now. Yeah, they do. They, they've made a lot of money. And like you say, because I thought like, oh, it's a new Skullbuster. How's it going to work? But they bring the old champion back in to run the Skullbuster. And then the the new champion can measure against his time that To make way. sure it's certifiably bust ass. And it, it certainly is bust ass, Kevin. I will say that the caliber of competitor seems to be quite uh, quite high generally. That the champions are all like professional obstacle course players. Yeah, I remember. Which has to sit up alongside professional podcasters in, you do what? Seriously? What? <laughs> I always go quiet at parties and people ask me what I do. Like, I'm a professional obstacle course. <laughs> But you wouldn't like, understand, Mom and Dad. You've never you've never listened to an obstacle course. I remember season one, me and you being like, oh, this is great. Like, she's a teacher and she's a lawyer. And yeah, this person's an athlete, but he's not. He's a doctor or whatever. But this time it really feels like... Yeah, to, to get on this show and to win, you've got to be an athlete of some sort. Yeah, like. you gotta have you got to have that edge. I was worried, though, with the fact that we had slightly better visuals that there would be too much change. I was excited to see that Steve Austin arrived in the exact same car, in the exact same manner, with his big skull ring mm-hmm. and his little skull ornament on his bonnet that yeah. he had custom made. Did you notice a difference with Stone Cold, though, compared to season one? He's looking really trim. Yeah, I remember season looking one. Looking real, Jack, baby. We were like, oh, that cap and sunglasses. It's like, oh, he's trying to hide his figure and he had like a really dark t-shirt on. Here, he He is. was talking at length. I remember on this podcast at the time thinking, he's saying like he didn't think he was in good enough shape Yeah, and all he was that. really down on himself about it. That was when uh, IPA first entered his bloodstream, That's right. I think. Yeah. But here, he is fucking ripped. His arms are enormous, like... Joe on How To Wrestling said a few times... That she thinks like one of the coolest kind of ideas is like you know a wrestler who like looks just a little bit older. Like you know, Kevin Owens has got a grey streak in his beard at the mm. moment, and when they say he's a family man, you kind of go fuck yeah. You, you just that little bit of grey. Yeah, I know what you mean. A weathered stone cold who's fucking in killer shape like this. Just a little bit of grey, mm-hmm. a little bit of crow's feet. You know he's 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 seen a few too many winters, but he's still fucking bust ass. There's something someone described ages ago. I think it was on Reddit that I can't stop thinking about since they said it. But how cool would it be if Undertaker just stopped? dyeing his hair yeah. and he was like this dusty old like I'm, I'm still fucking scary like the same like, killers from Preacher you know just this old grey yeah. but still intimidating still really fucking maybe more scary now like oh yeah. I'd love that oh what grey hair can't be intimidating have I ever told you about Christopher Lambert's portrayal of Raiden in Mortal Kombat jeez <laughs> yeah right you must first face your fears before you conquer them alright The contestants are a variety of Charisma Vacuums and Charisma Dyson Vacuum Cleaners. (laughs) 
more effective than the others. <laughs> yeah, my money in the, in the first instance was on the heel nutritionist who was like, I know how I'm going to win this because I've got the right skills with my nutrition. Like I've been eating for my blood type. Yeah, I think he was going to throw big, like, you know, big pills at people or something like, like that. Dr. You know? Mario. Like, Dr. Mario, yeah. <laughs> Steve Austin approaches the group of contestants. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned the, the patron saint killers with a little bit of an old kind of cowboy vibe. They want to go for that old cowboy vibe. And how do we get that across with the crunchy walk? Yeah. You know? Like, oh, he's a badass. He's walking across dry breakfast cereal. Yeah. The problem, though, is that when you've got the big zoom-up camera shot of him, his really comfy-looking sketchers. Yeah. You know. His little tattoo. Like. I bet if he could put fucking spurs on the back of his trainers, he would. <laughs> Even cooler, right? But it's great, because he pulls up in this big truck, and it's like, oh, my God, this guy's scary. And he gets out, and he's like... Stone Cold Steve Austin. Welcome to the Broken Skull Ranch. <laughs> hey guys, so friendly. Hey guys, uh, <laughs> he, he's very good. So because he warns him, he says, "Right, guys, we're going to go look at some of the challenges now. Get your mind right and your ass ready." <laughs> Which is, I think, why I told you before I served you fried chicken For as well. Fuck's sake. <laughs> He puts over there that this season is going to be the hardest season ever, that they really aren't fucking around anymore. They've stepped it up. Yeah, and he has really went off the deep end here. I said at the end of season four, I was going to blaze the goddamn Broken Skull Ranch to the ground and start over from scratch. Oh, we should have watched that episode. Fucking hell. Yeah, Austin seriously. burning down the estate. Hands up in the air like... <laughs> Drives the crew six into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're selling off the Broken Skull Ranch, but once you've told us here that you burnt it to the ground, you're not going to get your check, Steve. Like, what's going on? You said there was going to be like spots for hunting. This is all just charred earth. What's this, a broken obstacle course? Get rid of this debris. That's how you renovate, Kevin. You burn it down and you start again. Yeah. He assures us that any returning obstacles are now double tough. Yep. So, burn it to the ground, completely starting off afresh, 100% new, but obviously there's some bits that are still really good. Yeah, we just built them exactly how they were, but tougher. Double tough. There is one obstacle later that is half as tough as it was previously. Yeah, they reduced the toughness <laughs> on it. So, same rules though. We've got a bunch of hunks. We've got mm-hmm. three rounds. It's single elimination tournament. And we have got all new bust-assed obstacles. This first obstacle that we're taking up against, Adam, the drain. Ooh. That's a big-ass pool full of water. We get the, the great thing at the start where I love that he still does this after five seasons trying to stir the pot, get them all like antagonizing each other. Blue shirt, why are you here? I'm here to prove that age is just a number. Ew, okay, dude, like, keep it in your pants. Like, we, we, this is a show about an obstacle course, all right? Now, like, an issue that Steve had by not knowing anyone's names, which is also an issue that I had, referring to them by the color of their shirt. He's like, blue shirt, what do you think about that? Guy in the back with the light blue shirt. What do you think about that? You over there in the... Sky blue. Sky blue. Uh, you over there in the off blue shirt. You, know, you over there with the shirt that's blue and got the kind of the pattern gimmick on it. Like, you know, he did not have a good time with this. Now, this obstacle is very close to trench warfare. This is just trench warfare, but easier, I in, think. In a circle. Yeah, so it's trench warfare, but instead of having a bell at either... In fact, for the people that don't remember trench warfare, it was a trench with a bell at either end. you got to collide in the middle, get to the other guy's bell. This is just big round pool with a bell at the far end. 
both guys have to run in and get to the bell. There's a lot of bell work in, in the new Steve Austin Broken Skull mm. Challenge I feel here. like every obstacle has a bell attached. Now, did you notice that the guy, he said, he's like, I'm going to prove that age is just a number. And like uh, when he's put in, uh, Austin's literally like, come on, old man, go yeah. back your ass off. <laughs> yeah. He's 42. Yeah. There was another guy in the group who was 41 and managed to skate by all of his old boy talk. Like, you know. Hey, young man, how are you doing? Yeah, like when, when you're fucking 42, once that birthday comes, the cobwebs start yeah. you know, forming on you, I guess. Like, it's all downhill. There's a guy who really believes in himself. Makes me fucking sick. Oh, I know. He's got proper parappa the rapper. Like, I gotta believe in myself, Steve. I'm just here to believe in myself. Like, oh, come on. Now. Stop that. It's really not. No one is allowed to believe in themselves in this. Not that much. Anyway. No. It's nauseating. Steve will decide who is to be believed in. <laughs> in due course. Right now in the drain, first round, I ain't believing in no one. They arrive. Steve really downplays the difficulty of this challenge. <laughs> How hard could it be? You just gotta, gotta ring that bell. It is called the drain, but I originally wrote it down in my notes as the drink. The dr- right in the drink right in the drink what a wazzock we start things off Brad versus Jason and straight away Jesus Christ this was way more intense than season one yeah okay I, I take it back this is not easier than trench warfare but it's. I think it's not easier simply because I think the caliber of a contestant now is just way higher. I think between this and Titan Games, and there is loads of pro obstacle stuff, I think there's a lot more places you can cut your teeth true. and yeah. then go to something like this where I imagine the prize money is actually not to be sniffed at if you could, you know, keep that record. Sorry, Titan Games, is that the one The Rock hosts? Yeah. Okay, so we've got Stone Cold Broken School Challenge, The Rock's Titan Games. Yeah. And right, maybe and- a little <laughs> bit sweeter for the Broken School Challenge and the Titan Games. And don't forget Wade Barrett and CM Punk over on Ultimate Beastmaster oh, on Netflix. Oh, fuck off. They don't... <laughs> They don't deserve it. Wow, he, he nearly didn't make it over that obstacle. And CM Punk's just texting, like, you know. <laughs> texting his lawyers. <laughs> Any updates? Sue Colt now. <laughs> the guys seemed more jacked. You're definitely right that there is a, a higher intensity in the guys here. Perhaps like. the Instagram filter that's on this entire show was making the veins pop. But these guys went in and straight away they were fu- they just wrestled each other viciously in this muddy water. And Austin says, he's on him like a duck on a dune bug. <laughs> a duck on a dune bug? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, do ducks eat dune bugs? I thought maybe a dune bug would be on a duck. Yeah, that's what I would have thought, but mm. it hasn't got the same cadence to it, I guess. But yeah, they are proper. Like, you imagine, whenever you see them wrestling in the pit, that always looks exhausting. This, they're in, like, six foot of water as well. And the like, bell is so... so... Yeah, they, they wrestle for ages, and they keep going up to get it, and they miss by, like, millimetres. And it just goes on for ages. Every time in the Broken Skull Challenge in this season, uh, if anyone comes close to achieving anything, there is a slow-mo shot. Yep. Brad gets a second chance. Brad misses. Oh, man! I really, really like that for straight-up Steve Austin, you know? A little slow-mo shot of him, a mini-good slow-mo shot of him drinking the beer, you know, slowly breaking the chicken. The bell is well high, and both make attempts, and both miss. Mm -hmm. They start to kind of slow down, and Steve Austin is there to provide audio description commentary for those who are hard of sight, which is good, because he's literally just right up in there, 
calling every goddamn thing, you know? He got there with Stone Cold versus The Fly. This is much easier to call. I feel like he got better at this because I remember in season one he was like shout, shouting encouragement. Oh my god, look at that! But now he actually is calling the match in a lot of instances. Like he'll talk about what they're doing and why they're doing it to each other. Like it's pretty good. Like this is less chaotic than the first season. And I, I, I know you think, oh, less chaotic would obviously mean less good for something like a broken skull challenge. It's just nice that they figured out what's worked. Yeah. And their their role with it. And this is like kind of. This is like what you want from any sort of a, a show, which is it, it refines and gets better. When the concept is good enough, all you need to do is refine it and just, yeah. you know, narrow it down and get it better. And it's still chaotic and mad over the top. It's just that I think over these five seasons, everyone, including Steve, got better at their jobs and it's made for a better show at this point. Like. There were three times across this episode and the next one where I legitimately thought someone's just going to come and go, stop, like... Yeah, this has gone on for ages. Because like, like, you've got two guys who are fucking exhausted floating in cloudy water round one and it's round one (laughs) of episode one it's gonna be a long day lads yeah so I really was expecting to be called off but Jason managed to muster up the energy to win and then Brad says I don't think I lost (laughs) alright well you lost so I'll catch your ass down the road (laughs) do you notice what Steve says to people when he uh, says goodbye to them Mm -hmm. he he shakes their hands and let's get the handshake there there. perhaps our paths will cross again oh yeah Remember the wizard's words. <laughs> Great first round. That was a hell of a first round. No more is it evidenced by when Stone Cold, as soon as the bell is rung, like, Oh, I told you season five would be badass. And right you are, Steve. That was an amazing start. Incredibly badass. Coming up next, Michael taking on Muhammad. Michael wins this one incredibly quickly. It was way quicker. Like, yeah, they got straight down to it. Uh, coming up after that, we had TJ taking on Patrick. Patrick had a vibe of a serial killer. Yeah, he was a bit scary. And TJ was a bit too nice. He was like, oh, you know, Steve, these guys aren't my competition. There is no competition. It's only me. So please bring it on. Please bring it on. Please bring it on. If you would like some, there is some here for you to get if you want at your own pace. Come and get some if you will. If you want. If you want to. You know, that's all right. Uh, TJ had a little war cry as well. Oh? Yeah, a little... (laughs) You know... A very polite war cry, you know. <laughs> Did you see the video I sent you yesterday? Oh, I didn't. No, I, I saw the notification, but I didn't watch. Let's, let's watch this to watch right, it right now. now. Okay. <laughs> Folks, I was trying to do my research for this, and when I'm researching topics, oftentimes what I'll do... <laughs> oftentimes what I'll do is I'll pop onto Reddit, because I, I know there was stuff like we mentioned, there was the, the strike with the crew in second season, they wanted to unionise, they mm-hmm. shut down production, they won that battle, they got to unionise, and everyone got to come back on, that was really nice. But there was a few little bit of tidbits of information, I was trying to find out why it got cancelled basically, Same, yeah. and the top result outside of the squared circle Reddit was from Reddit slash cringe, <gasps> of a particularly cringeworthy performer from the Broken Skull Challenge. And I just figured that oh you guys... Oh my god, this is worlds colliding for me. You know I love a bit of cringe. You do, and let's just take a time now to appreciate the majesty of Psycho Chris. If this is Chris from Tough Enough, the scary guy in the hot tub, I'm going to be upset. Johnny, you may be smiling now, but I'm going to explode and unleash on you. I crushed it! That barn door's nothing for me. I'm moving it. When Steve says go, it's all business. Seek and destroy. Got it right there. Chris with the victory. Ah! Tommy's my returning champion. He represents the Broken Skull Challenge to the highest degree. Tommy, would you like to tell Chris the time you set on the new Skullbuster? 641. 
Chris, you got a warrior face for Tommy? Ah! It's mine! Mine! Tommy, what do you think about that? Hey, we're here to do an obstacle course, not to show off faces. I conquer. What an upsetting individual. Oh, it's mine! Oh, I would say the spirit of Ian Harrison was in him if he wasn't already still alive out there. Like, but ugh, that guy is scary. Isn't he just? Jesus. Hey, Adam, have you got a, got a war face for me? Oh. No? That, that's my war face. Uh, that's how I feel right now. The best thing about that is that Steve Austin himself is a little intimidated. He's like... There's Chris over there. Yep, he's a. Uh, oh, he's won the pit. Oh, he's going to do the skullbuster. And the greatest moment of that is Chris has shapeshifted into a lizard. <laughs> he didn't actually, just in case you thought. <laughs> he's not that scary. No. 21 years young. Oh, what a frightening man. Yeah, and that is the big, the larval stages of the born again Christian has to speak to youth about his angry. His angry youth. That's where that all starts. Oh. Right there. Yeah, TJ poked up the win there. And I'll tell you what. TJ, with all of his fucking self-belief, he's got an incredible vertical leap, though. I'll give him that. Mm. He can jump very, very high. And then afterwards, he goes into spirit mode. Did you see that? No. Yeah, it's like if you win as Dalsum in Street Fighter. He went over and he started praying <laughs> in the corner. So he's going to levitate. <laughs> and when he did it, Steve goes, That's badass. <laughs> Fan in your inner peace, man. That's the most badass thing there is. <laughs> Mike, the youngster, 41 years young, taking on <laughs> Jack, who keeps his fucking shirt on. Yeah. Now, I'm not I'm not body shaming at all here. You want to keep your shirt on? That's your call. But you're in a water-based environment. Mm-hmm. You're creating drag for yourself. This is a tactical disadvantage we're talking about here. And Jack is a civil engineer. He knows his physics, Adam. Yeah, he should know. And you know, I've been the guy many a times in the past, Kevin, wearing the t-shirt in the pool. But if I had to wrestle and hit a bell, which I often would on holiday, <laughs> I'd pop the top off. Like, it's just good tactics. Yeah, like you ever go to one of those family holidays and there's a special kids club and it's a guy going, right, got trench warfare, $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> And you've got the real tough kid from last year's holiday. He's, like, <laughs> he's got a mustache now. This here's Johnny. He's my champion. He's everything that Tui represents to the highest degree. Tui! <laughs> uh, surprise, surprise, the lad with no shirt fucking wins. There you go. Mm-hmm. Civil engineer that. So Mike won by almost drowning Jack. Like, he basically knocked him onto his back underwater and the guy was, like, on his back for, like, ten seconds. And then after that, and, like, Mike is declared the winner, it cuts to an interview with Jack going, Mike and I have had some battles over the years, man, but that might be the roughest one yet. Who the fuck are you guys? I wanted to see this feud go all the way to the end. They had a a little history. Yeah. What's weird is that Mike was 41, but Jack was only, like, 24 as well. You know how it is in the gym, man. You you can hang out with anyone from, like, a 14-year-old boy called Paul Levesque to a a 41-year-old man called Mike. As long as you're all sitting around the campfire getting sick together (laughs) thinking, this is awesome, you know? Right, uh, Steve Austin, in his best Crystal Maze mode, goes, I'm fixing to take your ass to the task. And then he, they walk over. <laughs> We're going over to the Broken Skull Zone again. <laughs> <laughs> this next round is called Death Grip. 
<laughs> uh, I'm glad that we finally got a masturbation reference onto uh, the Broken Skull Challenge. That's good. Is that what death grip means? Oh, you sweet summer no. child. Oh my god. How many fucking times on this podcast have I like, made myself look so innocent and <laughs> I stupid? Thought you were, I thought you were Pulling the train? No. How, how many times have you masturbated to get death grip? <laughs> Death grip is, uh, and I, I believe it's not just a penis thing, but death grip is when one has loved oneself to the point. Oh, wanker's claw. That's what you call it. Yeah, it, ah. in, in my part of the world, that's what we would call Sorry, it. Sorry, I didn't have my Staffordshire into polite society fucking dictionary with me. Yeah, death grip's a little more sort of like... <laughs> a little bit more like death grip. What could that mean? I know it sounds bad, and it's to do with clutching things. Whereas over here, it's like, oh, he's got a wanker's claw. He's been wanking off too much. He's been wanking off, and now he's got pointy hands. <laughs> so, death grip. Death grip. You've got a hundred foot of shipping <laughs> container. You gotta masturbate a hundred times. You gotta fill up this jar till it rings the bell. There is assholing in this one. There is a lot of assholing. It's a hundred foot long shipping container. And there's a big ass load at the end of this container, Adam. It's a big ass platform at the end of each container. You must, each of you must climb the big ass platform, get up onto the big ass container, pick up that monster sized bar and haul it all the way to your designated drop point. Turn around, pick up that monster bar again, bring it back, run back down the platform, and ring the bell to win the match. Now, the one downside of the ranch not existing anymore is that the kayfabe of this, as we thought in the first go-round of Broken Skull, that Austin just had a lot of chores that he needed doing. Mm -hmm. This felt like it could have been one of those, but because we know the ranch doesn't exist anymore, it feels like, well, you know... That, that, that's gone by the wayside. I mean, you say this is a chore. What they're doing is they lift up a monster bar, take it to a place, put it down, and then bring it back to where it was originally. Have so you ever I'm worked in retail? That's basically all you do. <laughs> like, you, know, you pretend to move something from one side to the other. You know, That's all it is. All TJ in this one, baby. He's gone straight up now. He's become... He's become a character, Adam, is what's mm. happened here now. Because he had a little confidence in the first one, now the personality's coming out. And he is a total character, and he's a total Street Fighter character, because he turned... This is like what you would say like if he got beaten by him at the <laughs> end. You know, In none of the infinite universes could he ever beat me. <laughs> Continue? That's such a Street Fighter. Isn't it? <laughs> Just while we're on the subject of that, best one out of those, Blanca, big green monster of a man. He's so scary and monster and ghoulish. If he beats you in the story mode, <laughs> seeing you in action is an absolute joke. <laughs> what a dick. Honestly, he's fucking Gaston. So Mike wins because TJ fumbles on his monster bar. He falls twice, TJ. Yeah. Even him. And this is this is one of the infinite. There are infinite universes, and I'm sure there's a few of them where he doesn't fall over, but mm -hmm. he did in this universe. Mm. Damn, wrong universe. I hate Damn when that it. happens. Yeah. Yeah. I like though that they when they picked up the bars, we got some fucking serious grunts. I don't know if we get grunts of the night here, if you think that's that's fair to do, but when they picked up the bars, it went oh. We don't have a grunt of the night per se, but there is one particular soundbite later we'll get to. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Every like there's constant grunts and then grunts that go from Arr! I mean, they sound a little bit like the baddies in Doom, like... Fine by me. Some of the best grunts in video games right there. Uh, uh. 
TJ does fall twice. He can't pick up the slack. And they still try to cut. In fairness, they still try to cut in a way where it looks like it's neck and neck. It is not by a frog's hair. This yeah. is by one of my very, very long beard hairs. <laughs> or, have you ever got like a really long weird hair on your arm? Yeah, like, where's that come from? Yeah. How long has that been there? Oh, that's a quite considerable distance from, mm. from arm to hair right there. Yeah. So, yeah, that is where we end up with here. TJ looks like a total fucking chump. And I love the complete lack of sportsmanship in this. I don't know if they're told not to shake hands, mm. but the fact they both run to the same point and like then they kind of just walk away with their hands in their pockets. Oh, what, is this? what is this? I don't know. I don't know if it's encouraged because there are a couple of people on the two episodes that do actually shake hands and they're like, oh, nice one, well done. But there's a lot of guys that are just like, fucking hell, and they're just really angry and they don't want to accept that they've lost. Mate, it's the broken skull challenge, not the broken, frail, fragile male ego challenge. <laughs> like, come on. TJ is out, one hunk down, and then we get kind of a, a strange cutaway with TJ who's still in home the character. My core values include unconditional happiness. And I'm not joyful that I did not win right now. Oh dear. But I have to accept it. Oh. Now, He's going to go home and play some basketball by himself, choose to be happy, choose to be healthy. He'll be fine, Kevin. My core values include unconditional happiness. Mm. That is the scariest fucking thing I think I've ever heard. It's a little, it's a little unhealthy. If you say, I'm unconditionally happy, I'll think you're a massive fucking weirdo. Like the biggest fucking freak in the world. <laughs> Should everyone endeavour to try and like be a bit more optimistic if 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 that can help? Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a goal to maybe try and aim towards. But unconditional happiness is like a that's No, oh, you're getting all mixed up. It's not a goal though, it's a core value of his. Core that's it. It's, like, it's not something he's striving for, it's just part of it him. It is him. That is him. He's unconditionally happy, Kevin. So if you're not happy at all times, you think there's something wrong with your core. Mm. That's like a galaxy caramel saying, I've not got caramel in me. It will just cease to, it'll crumple in on itself, like oh. the witch king being killed. Like, you know? <laughs> That's really fucked up. Get help, TJ. Mm. It's okay to talk to someone. I'll tell you what, Steve Austin is really getting across how difficult Death Grip is. Come on, guys. One slip up means certain death. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Certain death! Certain death. Well, the stakes have certainly been raised for our next semi-final as Jason takes on Michael, the old taking on the young. <laughs> Give me them grunts. Yeah, these lads are fucking fast as well. Fast, grunty boys. Yeah, no, these were much more neck and neck. Youth prevailed in this one, Adam, mm. as old man Jason says, I got beat by myself. No, you got beat by Michael, yeah, I think. Michael, Michael won, actually. You don't want to take away from the fact that another man did actually beat you. It's but... all like a younger version of you time traveled to this point in time and then beat you in some sort of a <laughs> back to the future scenario. You see, he was against Michael, but in his head he was actually playing against his ghost time that he oh, set previously, so it doesn't count to him. Like... That's the only time you're allowed to say I got beat by myself, isn't it? Like, it's Mario Kart Mario ghost. Kart, yeah, like, legit. Yeah. Or in some cases, you get beat by the developers, mm. you know, because they've set some tricksy ghosts. Not fair, they made it, though. I mean, you got to hand it to me. Not everyone can stand up there and say, like, kind of, hey, you know, I'm a fault here. You know, I, I beat myself, mm. you know. And he's not the first one. We had that in the, the first round. Was... <laughs> we had it in the first round as well. And I was thinking, man, a lot of guys are beating themselves off this show, huh? Like, loads. And on Death Grip as well, you wouldn't think, you know, that you began that as much. Worth it. You know this show is a shoot at this point, because in no world of worlds 
kayfabe being anyway respected that you would end up if this was a fix with a final that is Mike versus Michael <laughs> that's just confusing for, for, I, I have forgotten who both of them are yeah, now I could not tell you they've merged into create a wrestler one as far as I'm concerned like hey the pit's back hey just a straight up wrestling contest in the pit it's as simple as that how is it made more intense because before you get into the pit you gotta beat the octagon! What? Two big-ass octagons made of steel and wood. You gotta push the octagon down a track and back again. I'll tell you what, Adam. Uh, Steve Austin saying the word octagon around 96 times mm. gives me life. Mm. He's got that big-ass octagon. You think you're gonna be able to push that? I wish Billy was here. I feel... Oh, no, he'd be all over this. He'd be all over this like a cheap suit. He'd be fucking... in. in adoration of this heavy shape based offense I did like that they had to add sound effects to make the octagon seem more intimidating than they were because I reckoned I could have pushed that octagon this is one of the least exciting challenges on Broken Skull Challenge I'd say because it is just like these giant octagons and yeah they're big I'm sure they're quite heavy but they're not impossible they've added like a like it's a boulder or something but it just takes ages you're just watching these lads go ooh ooh Oh, man, he pushed that octagon. He's got to push it some more. Oh, 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 back the other way now. I bet you'd figure on that. You got to bring it back. How about that? Yeah. How do you like that? It's more bust-ass than ever. Yeah. I did like that once they get to the pit, there's a stipulation now. You've only got 60 seconds to get into the pit. Otherwise, your opponent will be disqualified. Now, I think what Austin was trying to get at was that you had the opportunity, if you wanted... To wait outside the pit for up to 60 seconds to maybe catch your breath. So you let the other guy go in first and then you take 60. All four eps I watched, everyone was straight into the yeah. pitch. Straight away. And, and, and on two occasions, Austin went, watch the strategy. Yeah. Go to the oh, no, oh, he went. Okay, look, straight in the pit. In the pit yeah. You could <laughs> if you wanted. No, it's all right. I know, he keeps suggesting it, but no one takes him up on it. Like. This is what happens when, you're, when your suggestion comes outside of the pitch meeting, Steve, where everyone's too scared to say, no, that's a rubbish idea. <laughs> no one will do that. How's the pit more bust-ass? I tell you how, because it's got like a special Steve Austin branding on it. Oh? Yeah, it's got the skull like kind of stamped in. Like, you ever get a toaster that can like put a face <laughs> on, on the it? bread? Yeah. I used to have a Hello Kitty face branding toaster. No yeah, it was great, because the... Butter would pool in its face, and you just lick it off. You ever want to lick a cat's face? That's how you do it, baby. But yeah, this was great because Steve Austin had his own little branding here. And then the more they wrestled, the more they messed it up. Okay. See how intense the combat was by how messed up Steve Austin's skull was at the end of it. Okay, that's pretty cool. Pretty bust ass. What isn't cool is that it's just a very anticlimactic pit. This because it's a good wrestle they have. They have a proper grapple. These two like really fucking going for it. Both of them. And I mean they've been through a lot as well. To quote Steve Austin, so they're basically just pushing these octagons in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that'll take it out of the best of you. Like oh, he's supposed to UFC fighters. Oh, we fight in the octagon. Have you pushed an octagon in the dirt? In the fucking dirt. In the fucking dirt. Oh, I think oh, I'll do that on the way back. Get out of here, Kane Velasquez. You're not going to push it back. Get out of here. But they have this big fucking grapple, super duper intense. And I do like the pit because it is a proper wrestling contest. And you, you can't cut this in a way to make it... I mean, they try, but mm. this is two lads grappling. Yeah. And Steve Austin going, Mark, Michael, man. Oh, Mark, Michael, Mark, Mark, Michael, Mark there. Oh, Michael got him, Mark. Mark, Michael, Mark, Michael. And then like, they're grappling and they're getting near the edge. Of the, oh, that's it, that's it. Stop. Like, literally, one of them. Was it Michael? Uh, Mike. Yeah. Mike's hand comes out of the pit and literally like as soft as a 
He just touches the sand on the outside and Steve clocks in. He's like, Bad, that's it. You're out. He beat himself again. Is that what it is? It is because he was trying to put his hand out to catch the other guy's hand and put his hand on the sand. But what happened was his hand just hit the sand. I swear, whenever I watched this show in the past, it was always like, boom, someone got slammed or rolled to the outside. I, I never saw just... it like a fingertip ended the match. I, I th- Honestly, I think that's, the, that's, that's not the price you have to pay because with all the episodes I watched... It was very much, it was like two fucking like crabs just clinging on to for dear mm-hmm. life. No one was given any, they were burrowed in like fucking ticks. No one was given anything away. Whereas I think in the first season it was kind of like, yeah, and people thought, let's just roll yeah. around. I think because these people are pros, they've studied the pit. And the best way to win the pit is just to seize up, go to the edge and try and inch someone out over. Mm. The pit kind of sucks in that sense though, because if everyone's just figured out this is how you do it. You know, there's a, there's a thing in game design where if there's one weapon you use it, that will be better than all the other weapons and it's not situational, you will just use that weapon. Yeah, and you lose that on the rest of the game then. That's right? what's happened here. This, yeah. is the, this is the BFG to continue the Doom references. <laughs> Someone's not played Doom 2016 where you can only have three rounds for the BFG at any one time. Am I right, guys? No. <laughs> mate, 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 what I did was I, uh, I found a cheat code. Oh. And now I'm God. <laughs> but it's 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 very anticlimactic the pit like because it is literally just a fingertip brushes outside and then it's over probably best because it's safer and it won't go on for half an hour this way but mike or michael won michael won michael beat mike perhaps our powers will grow again <laughs> all right okay remember the wizard's words a long walk to the ranch the next morning he has to take on what austin calls my frankenstein skullbuster okay i am on board with this you know i, I really am glad that he called that because everyone just calls it skullbuster but it's not it's frankenstein's <laughs> skullbuster you know and i just think like for those of us who've read the book and want to respect the piece like don't just call it that like you know <laughs> oh i heard of skullbuster lives in there get it right you fucking idiot like you know Long walk to the ranch in the morning, uh, but he has to walk through the past. Yeah, we get a package of yeah. his journey. He like. either walks through sepia and or gravy. Uh, it's very, very brown. I thought he walked through miles inside this pit of danger. Like, you got this awesome little effect of him walking across the desert while above him in the sky is like all the things that he went through yesterday. Like, there were some points where I did doubt myself, man, but I was came back on top and now I'm here to take on the Skullbuster there were some points where I thought I might beat myself but I didn't so I ended up winning you know okay we've got a brand new Skullbuster with 10 bust ass obstacles here we go backbreaker the wedge framed turnstile landing pads the rainmaker burnout heartbreak hill ribcage rope burn Nice. Yeah, so a couple of those are returning elements. There's a couple of returning ones, but it's a mostly new Skullbuster. Some of these are fucking incredible, by the way. Some of them are, like, and we'll get through them. There's no Wallbusters, though, which is I'm, the one I'm most sad no, about. No, I'm like. sad Wallbusters didn't make it. There's The, the spirit of Wallbusters lives on, because there's a lot of climbing, climbing over <laughs> yeah, things. a lot of climbing. But was it just me? The landing pads, which is the only restart element, that has actually been nerfed. Yes, that has been nerfed. That was, they patched it in because the nutcracker was simply too hard. That like, was it. Was the seesaw? It was the nutcracker, it? and it was but it was thin balance beams that had seesaws as well, and it was incredibly difficult. Everyone and fucked up on that. Landing pads. We'll, we'll get to it, but it is just an easier version of that. The returning champion Hunter, also a hunk, he set a time, and he's here to show off. This fucking Dolph Ziggler lad over here. He's so handsome. This boy. This guy. He's got a care in the world, huh? Honestly, nice chin on him. Great time on the school bus. 
Foster. He is Steve Austin's best boy. Yeah, definitely. He's, he represents everything the Broken Skull Challenge is all about. And he has set a bust-ass time, indeed, six minutes and one second, which seems, like, impossible to beat. That's that's so quick for these ten obstacles. Like, what's, just fucking call the season off now. No one's going to beat that. So we start off with the Roderick Strong special. It's the backbreaker, and you have to haul ass with a big-ass log while Steve Austin's in a contraption. Now, this is... Also a returning element. Yes. 75 pound log down a quarter mile road with Austin shouting encouragement, just like before. Like. Is it, I can't remember if the log before had like steel bits on the end of it. Have they made the log heavier? Is that more busted? I think it just looks cooler, to be honest. The second challenge he moves on to then, the wedge. And in the wedge, he kind of gets caught in the net after doing... You do like a Donkey Kong swing over to it's it. It's a giant rope swing into what Stone Cold describes as a big-ass cargo net. Yeah, and this net is loose, mm-hmm. and it's not fun to climb. Oh, did you catch that as well, Austin, with the great commentary again? Because I thought the cargo net is like, oh yeah, I've climbed those, you can climb on easy. But he puts it over like, oh, this is a very loosely hung cargo net. As soon as you put your foot on it, it might look steady, but as soon as you put a foot on there, it's going to be shaking all over. He does a great job of putting over how difficult some of these challenges are. Basically me in the play zone as a kid, like, you know, warning other kids not to go on certain rides that I thought were too dangerous. Like, that cargo netting, it'll, uh, it'll bust you, it don't chew you up. I love the editing on this where they have made the contestants breathing louder than Stone Cold Steve Austin yep. shouting at the top of his voice. Yep. Oh, there's baddies around here somewhere, like, in any corner, like. The... Third challenge is by far my favourite challenge. This is my favourite. This is fucking home improvement. It even has a little home <laughs> improvement <laughs> font. Framed. So this, you have to climb a massive platform and you have to pull a big weighted rope up the platform until it's taut, which looks pretty hard already. And then you have to pull that rope to lift up a 1,200-pound barn. A barn. A barn is laying on its side, and you have to pull it up. And there is a legitimate... There's an Amishman there as well who'll tell you whether or not <laughs> it's a fine barn English. And he, he has to give you the thumbs up before you can proceed yeah, to the next proceed, yeah. Roadkill's there just to give you the, the finger through. Like, <laughs> off you go. All right, you're good. Challenge number four is the Black Gate from Lord of the Rings, where you have to be a troll and go... And move it around in a big circle the turnstile that's a 17,000 pound container and you have to move it 130 feet I really thought just to bring back to the Shenmue vibes here that would have been a great secret in Shenmue if there was one of the one of the shipping containers you could turn you could around turn it around get into a secret zone there's like, like an extra machine there where you can get secret capsule toys that you can't find anywhere else this again <laughs> number five it's the landing pads he's pretty knackered but as absolutely no problem. Well, yeah, as we mentioned before, it's the Nutcracker, but instead of thin poles, you've got nice, big, flat pads. Like, they're big ramps to jump on. I'll tell you, I loved it when he was climbing across, so you could see that the the shipping container was still spinning around. 17,000 pounds, is it? Yeah, yeah, spinning on its own. It's so much momentum. And number six is the Rainmaker. This one sucks. You literally just have, like, a bag, which you... You gotta, you gotta walk through 40 feet of water. It's a big water tank, 40 feet in length, and you gotta put a weighted sack on your shoulder and walk through the water. Not very exciting to watch, but when I thought about doing it myself, I was like, that's fucking horrible. Like, yeah, he uses the kind of the side of the shipping container to. Yeah. Did also get a special on shipping containers. There's a I, lot. There's a lot of them this time around. You gotta drive this forklift, you gotta beat me in a race. 
Number seven, burnish. You gotta take this bow and you gotta go home. You, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta drink a little bit too much whiskey on some of them pills, not really socialize much like you used to. Drive on the road on your own. It was what it was. It's the only one of these that Austin could actually pull off. Yeah, be, that was it. When I was watching this, Joe was like, could Steve Austin do any of these? I was like, no. Oh, I saw an interview promoting this where he was asked that by an interviewer. Like, oh, how would you get on with the school buster? And he's like, great. Well, if I was to ever take on the school buster, you better believe it would be a bust ass time. It was the most vague answer ever. Like, I mean, when Joe asked me that, I legitimately was thinking, like, I, could he do this? Mm. And the only time I said he could have done it is, like, I'm talking WCCW Steve Austin, like, mm. as in, just come off the docks into the sportatorium with a fucking belly full of razor blades, raw potatoes, and tuna, <laughs> running the ropes, like, no, you know, the Steve that, Austin that didn't know his own strength yeah. or skill, just that, I'm gonna do it. Hungry and young, stone cold, like. Yeah, this one, he would have run ran right through the shipping container, like. <laughs> he would have drank all the water in Rainmaker and then fucking run across it really fast, you know. So maybe at one point in his time. Number seven, though, the, the burnout, is it gets everyone in every episode. It's got a false bottom. Yeah. You see there are these tires that are laid out and you have to climb over them. Like in Wallbusters, but made out of tires. And it's also, again, in a water-filled shipping container, this one. So you're swimming, you know, you're walking through, like, chest-height water to then climb a giant wall made of tires. The way it looks, though, is that there's just water down by your knees because mm. everyone kind of goes into and then goes, yeah. and, like, loses, like, ten seconds, like, yeah. falling like a big Egypt. It's a trick. Number eight, Heartbreak Hill. Hunter is now on, on, on camera, mm. looking on. The sheriff's in town. <laughs> Oh, you know he likes it when he calls you the sheriff. He loves this lad. Ooh. Giving him a gimmick and everything. Like if Jim Ross calls you John Wayne or Dad, it's like you know that he likes you. You're the one. You're the one, like. Dad! <laughs> You're not my dad, Vince! Shut up! Yeah, just see, replace firings with or humiliations with groundings or like times your dad has embarrassed you at a party. Father, we talked often when you were on How To Wrestling recently with our Bret Hart episodes. Yeah. We talked about daddy issues. The father-son relationships. Fucking Jim Ross. Hear him talk about his dad. Hear him talk about, about Vince McMahon. Mm. Everyone who's in that inner circle, like, mm, you know. That's true. Yeah, Heartbreak Hill. 100 foot, 40 degree angle incline. Like, it, it looks worse than before somehow. He was grand with it, though. Yeah. You know? Remember the ones when they did it, like, the last season, they were fucking, like, hands and knees, like, got That's cut true, up. but this is, I think Heartbreak Hill is where he totally is like, you ain't gonna beat this time, because he, yeah. he is slowing down at this point. I, I knew, like, that's kind of where we're at now, is, like, the beating the Skullbuster, which seemed to be kind of the thing in the first season, can you do it? Now it's more like, can you do this in any sort of a time? Because if you're a pro obstacle course guy, you should be able to fucking beat this. Yeah. But yeah, the time, like you, you could tell straight away from simple maths that he, there's no way he's going to make well, it. That's it. Like the, the Skullbuster, I think this one compared to the previous one, I don't think this chews you up as much physically. Like you're not getting hurt as much. But the fact you've got to do this in such a hurry is where you get it's all hurt. It's like, all about endurance and, and that, cardio. That's where your lungs start blowing up and that's where you make mistakes and fall over and shit. It's because you've got to do it so quick. Yeah, the fact that he's able to climb the rope with pretty much no issue. Mm. If you can climb up a straight 25 feet the rope is now. Oh yeah, they put an extra 5 foot on it. Like. Yeah, like if you can climb a 25 foot rope after an obstacle course, like no bother. Mm. There's no question that like, this obstacle course can't throw anything at you. Yeah. But he ends up with... Seven minutes and seven. Oh, Kevin, we forgot about the rib cage, though, baby. Oh, sorry, there is that's, a rib cage. That's one of my favorite new additions, the rib cage. That comes after Heartbreak Hill. Heartbreak Hill, then the rib cage. Because before it was Heartbreak Hill, right, and then right burn. Yeah. 
Forgive that, me. That's such a DDP yoga. Heartbreak Hill, right into rope burn and breathe. Oh man, I just adjusted my neck. <laughs> I love when that happens. So the rib cage, Kevin, is six giant ribs. If you have watched Attack on Titan, it is Titan's like, ribs. Titan's ribs when they started to dissolve away. You got to open them up. If you played on Breath of the Wild. You've been in the desert. Big monster ribs. Exactly. That's it. If you've been in the Bible, Jonah and the Whale. The big ribs. You ever been down to Johnny's Rib House? You ever, you ever watch Flintstones? <laughs> yeah, folks, I'll tell you about ribs. it. we play ribs I had. Now, Broken Skull Challenge. <laughs> oh, honey mustard, beans, chips, croquettes, <laughs> potato waffles, potato smileys. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so these, these, these are six big 300-pound ribs, and you got to flip them. And I want to do this so fucking bad. Why? Because it's enormous. It's it, look, massive, it looks easy as well, doesn't it? It's a massive 300-pound rib. And it looks easy. I'm sure it's horribly hard. But the idea of like going... And then seeing this big thing go... Like, if you can get it moving, the momentum will take it, yeah, right? Exactly. All you got to do is get it overhead height, and then it will take care of itself. But when it goes down, it looks... oh. I want to play with that ribcage. I would love to see a Broken Skull challenge where they fuck up on ribcage. Like, I can't do it. Like, that's it. Like, oh, it ends there in the bones of a giant skeleton. No. Like, he gets onto rope burn, mm-hmm. climbs it pretty steadily. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, he's he's definitely exhausted, but he can still do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the difference between the season one guys and the season five folks is that season one had people who looked like they could do it, but just burnt out too quickly. The rope burn killed off a lot of people yeah. in season one. Like, So, Michael... You don't finish the Skullbuster on the first episode. Your time. Time's very interesting, isn't it? Your time will determine whether or not you are to receive the $10,000. This guy is dying. He's like, just tell me. I got him here. Tell me. One. Please. Two. Three. Four. One. Five. One. Six dollars. One. Seven dollars. And then we go to an ad break. Yep. Seven minutes and seven. Oh, I thought he was going to hit him with a stutter. Then, like, bam! <laughs> you did not beat the Skullbuster time. No money. That's no. A f- that sucks. That sucks to have gone through all that and then be like, yeah, you were a whole minute off. Like, and then to see 100 go, yes, I did it. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Another 10,000 for me. Yum, Yay. yum, 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 yum. And I didn't have to do anything because I've already done the thing. Yay! Great. He's, he's got quite the purse there. And then... Did you catch Stone Cold's new little sign-off that he's got for this one? He doesn't say, catch your ass down the road. No, he got rid of that branding now. What's that? This one, episode one ends with him going, If you think you can compete at this level, look me up. I'm not hard to find. And then he walks off. Jeez, can you imagine his DMs? (laughs) Fucking psycho Chris. Take me back, Steve. You said you're not hard to find. I want to conquer the... (laughs) (laughs) He's just getting like a, a DM that's just a guy going, yeah! <laughs> yeah. And that is the end of season five, episode one. Jesus Christ, I need a glass of fucking water. I need a glass of beer. Like, that was fucking exhausting. I'm a, I, I know a guy. Don't worry. <laughs> caption, caption, contest, contest. This is the most bust-ass caption contest because we're finally doing a Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull Caption Contest. Adam, I said to you at the end of the last caption contest, I was going to blaze the concept of the caption contest (laughs) to the ground. And you know, if I bring back any captions 
They're even more bust-ass than before. <laughs> what is the picture du jour, Adam? Well, it's not from Broken School Challenge. No, this was it's... a this is an old red herring. Yeah, this is a switcheroo. We put this out on social media and everyone was like, oh, they're going to talk about straight-up Steve Austin. Well, it turns out there was not enough meat on that bone to do a whole episode about. No. But the caption contest is a picture of Stone Cold and Rob Riggle, and they're sat in the tank. They are having a ball in time, no doubt. Yeah, well, Rob Riggle is. Stone Cold looks like he's taking this quite seriously. And now, just so we're both very, very clear about this, these lads aren't driving this tank. No, no, they are sat in the tank. Okay. There is an actual professional tank operator driving the tank. So this is less like a bust-ass tank driving kind of it, this is a tank experience this is more like with the village fates when you get to sit on the back of the tractor for like 50p and you know you're not driving it or anything but you're sat on it having a good time Wait, like. excuse me well it's not like always the necessary. more i hear about these fates <laughs> we don't have time we, got no, we a don't have time we got a caption contest i don't sorry kevin there's no time you can't go on the on the wild rides of the mysterious village fate of which you are not privy they don't do it anymore anyway because of the accident so it's well, look we just got <laughs> we got contest here and we're gonna get through these captions right okay i've so, got some ones here from a podcast on twitter and i have some from facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast and hey Caption contest today is brought to you by teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash AE podcast where finally there's some new Attitude Era podcast t-shirts. Get your hands on some hot juicy designs. We are seeing people, Adam, who are sending in pictures of themselves rocking their brand new t-shirts and I must say they look very snappy and sharp indeed. They do. People are looking very good in those nice new schnazzy t-shirts and if you want to check them out then please head over to the Teespring page. Yes, and of course as well, shipping worldwide. Doesn't matter Ooh. where you're listening to the ITR podcast from as it's Teespring, you can get shipped locally and not, I'm not saying shipping worldwide and also shipping costs 20 quid. No, it's <laughs> shipping worldwide at reasonable <laughs> rates up to 5XL, so we get a wide variety of sizes, and we're also going to be adding more styles as well soon, so there'll be fitted t-shirts on there shortly, hopefully. We might add some comfort tee options, and also as well, do keep your eyes peeled, because there will be new designs added this month, and hey, if you're a Dan Severn backer over on Patreon, don't forget, every time a new t-shirt drops, you'll get yourself a dirty discount code. Right, into some captions, you got some from Twitter. Give it to me. First up here, we got one from Lizzie who says, How did you get this tank, Steve? I entered circle. What? Circle. What? L1. What? Circle. What? Circle. What? I mean, we could be here for quite a while. <laughs> I remember watching my brother play GTA and like trying to get the cheats in fast enough. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. And I, and I remember at one point we did a shoot like going, and he's like, fuck it. This game is so hard. Like, just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to get my cheat code in. Like, we got Chris Trigg over here on Facebook. Dramatic reconstruction of Kevin and Adam coming for Billy after his newest boys picks choice of Over the Limits 2012, which was specifically chosen for its stellar main event, achieving another landslide victory. Mm. Don't be giving him ideas. You know that's exactly the thing that he'll do, even though he definitely wasn't watching wrestling at this time. Honestly, can we not give Billy a hand with this? Because the last couple, Billy has picked them and then been like, oh no, I was thinking of a different show. I wish yeah, I hadn't right. picked that. One of these days, he's going to do that and accidentally pick something brilliant and me and Kevin will like be laughing. Yeah, that's it, right? So let's check out just over the... Oh, you pulled up the card. I Don't. just want to make sure what we're... 
Ah, of course! Of what course! Is it? I think you and I may have even seen this one in uh, what? In, in in the old uh, in the snooker. snooker what? What's what is it? What's the main event? Big time main event between John Laurinaitis and John Cena. Jesus fucking wept. Okay. Big time. <laughs> okay. And, uh, no more boys picks. Some bony jabronis, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, nobodies in uh, match number eight <laughs> on that card. See you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope Zack Ryder's push goes well. Oh. Ah, simpler times. But again. Don't give him any ideas. Brian Bradshaw on Twitter. I'm gonna get in my army tank, drink a couple of Broken Skull IPAs, listen to some Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Dave Probert here. Bravely bold Steve Austin got in his trusty tank. What? Went to get some cheeseburgers. Bravely bold Steve Austin. <laughs> Brian Zane on Twitter says, Who can forget the day Stone Cold invaded WCW in his Jeep? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> it's weird. That Jeep kind of looks like a tank from here. My memory's all confused. Uh, yeah. Was China there? Was Triple H I don't think there? she was. No. Was the day the first shot was fired? I don't know. I think they went in and they killed Dean Malenko. I'm not sure. <laughs> Thomas Lawson here. Damn, son. When Lisa asked if I wanted to get in a sensory deprivation tank, I expected some hippy-dippy crap. Not this. <laughs> ho You know what? My, my new jam is like bad Simpsons. <laughs> you know, as if people kind of go like, yeah, I, I love when like, you see like you, there's great Simpson meme accounts on there. Mm -hmm. Like the Simpsons wrestling memes is, is really fun. And like, yeah, I love when it's kind of like a you know, classic like seasons two to ten or whatever that someone kind of slips in like hey, here's a nice bit of 14 yeah, like. hey, remember the really fun episode where Bart raised some lizards from eggs yeah, yeah that was real fun uh, lots of morals learned in that one that's what's great about that period of the Simpsons is because like seasons 12 to maybe 16 and you can probably put 10 11 in there to an extent yeah 10 11 is still okay but like that's where it got bad but we were all still like but it's the Simpsons I gotta watch it that's what I do every day that's what my, else am I gonna do that's my life like, and so we all clinged onto it so you can make loads of references because we all know that shit. Yeah, like. we know it. We're ashamed of it. <laughs> you know? It was the Spider-Man 3 of The Simpsons. Like. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Mr. Deathgar on Twitter says, God damn, son, I have had it up to here with the Trader Joe's parking lot. This one's from Matthew McAlevick. I don't really have a caption. I'm just happy it's not Triple H again. If I have to hear basically another 110 times. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, we just got dragged. I, I'm just saying... <laughs> On a, on a regular basis, I get I get messages saying that they love the Triple H voice. Yeah? They love the Triple H voice. So you just think about that, yeah? You just think about that. Jake Mitchell. Upon realisation that he had missed his target, Haku, Stone Cold hops out of the tank to finish himself off with a revolver before Haku gets the chance. Yeah, the classic. That is a solid guy. Solid gold classic right there. Dave Scott. Meanwhile, somewhere in Kuwait, hang on, Vader, we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> I got one of them aqua tanks. <laughs> Daniel Keenan. Well, brother, it was like SummerSlam 2018 or 2019, I don't know. And the WWE were supposed to invade the WCW, brother. So Steve Austin <laughs> pulled up in the tank outside the Montreal Silver Dome. All the fans were chanting Steve screwed Stone Cold or something. <laughs> and then Triple H, the so-called excellence of execution, brother, he pulled a fast one and turned up in a real tank. A little cheaty X-Pac, the Bodie Jabroni, started the Attitude Era for good. <laughs> and that's the true story of why we hang mistletoe at Survivor Series, brother. <laughs> 
perfect. What I like here is, you know on Twitter, this is what immediately like makes the, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up on end, is we've got all these great captions I'm scrolling down. Yeah. And then you get to the very bottom and it's like, some of these tweets have been hidden from view because they contain content that you've chosen not to see. So we would do the family friendly version? And I was like, oh dear, someone's put a little bit too much salt and pepper on their captions. Do I dare have a look? Adam Bibolo, we're now about to enter the uh, caption contest unleashed. Okay, so. And of course, next week you'll be getting the classic caption contest instead. Maybe just skip forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this next one. <laughs> At Punk4Life says, Hey Hunter, this is what a tank looks like, you big nosed jackass. <laughs> Whoa there! <laughs> I know, honestly. Wow, we I'm were having so sorry. a we were having a good <laughs> good time just talking mess, and you had to you dragged Steve Austin's name through the mud, I'm sir. I'm sorry. It's it's wrestling fans. What can you do? It's a toxic community, Kevin. Wash your mouth out with soap, yeah. <laughs> this is from George Alexander Miles. Y'all know I love to hunt. Well, dig this. <laughs> I just heard about a dating website where the women hunt you, and that's why I'm taking refuge in this armored vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> Taking refuge. Oh, this is per. This is Kevin. This is case in point. What we were just talking about. Douglas Schwartz on Twitter with. This is what happens when Austin is prescribed focusing. And I thought, what's that? Oh wait, yeah, yeah. like season thirteen Simpsons. Yeah. Ah, yes. Classic one. That one. And Bart was on Ritalin. That was real fun. That yeah. Was, had a popper laugh in it. Yeah, it was a good satire. At a perfect time. We got a bunch of ones with the Catalina wine mixer. Did you get any of those? Catalina wine mixer. Yeah, from like step your stepbrothers. It was talking about the Catalina wine mixer, like. Oh, because of Rob Riggle. Yeah. At future Mr. Zed Steel on Twitter says, How else am I going to take out them 30 to 50 feral hogs that attack my <laughs> contestants every time they try and run my Skullbuster? Oh, Adam, unfortunately, you've used a meme that is so time sensitive that that actual caption turned to dust as soon as it moved oh, out of your no, mouth. Oh, no, it's gone. <laughs> from Elliot Hodges, not pictured. A jeep with a drain pipe attached to it. <laughs> drain pipe. <laughs> Fucking buried, mate. <laughs> James Bentley with... Christopher East, you're watching the Broken Skull Challenge, and this is the Bunker Buster. Each of these badasses have to drag this tank 500 feet down the track. Then they have to run back and pick up that shell and carry that son of a bitch back and load up the tank. Fastest time from starting to me blowing up a rat's nest, getting my stash a broken skull IPA, and a hell yeah. Now there's one difficulty with that. I think with the new broken skull challenge, you'd have to shoot a bell with yeah, definitely. on top of the bunker. Like. And not the rat's nest, because since we recorded the, the episode, between the time of recording and doing this caption contest, I watched Austin on Hot Ones. Yeah. And hearing him and seeing his face when he talks about having to get rid of the ranch and just give up on the rat problem. He yep. looks so defeated. It's, like, it's their ranch now, really. The rat's done chewed him up, Kevin. And spit him out. Yeah. It's TV's Joe Graham. Nice outfit. Would you, would you like to read out a caption on our caption contest? Oh, okay. Oh, I've got one perfect here for you, Joe. Come here, Joe. Bring him back home now with this great caption off Twitter. Who are you and what are you doing here, Joe? I'm Joe Graham from How To Wrestling, and I'm here to read out a caption. Oh, that's why you came into, the room. Why I came into the room. <laughs> we, we hired a professional for yeah. this one, folks. If you want Stone Cold to blow up Titan Towers with a tank, give me a shell, yeah! <sighs> 
sake. <laughs> Wait a minute. Know. Wasn't that Shark Boy's catchphrase? Really? Yeah, Shark Boy did a oh. Steve Austin parody. Sharks don't even have shells, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> People say, sharks aren't boys, you idiot. <laughs> they Come don't on. have catchphrases. Come on, like. That was at acoustic underscore Matt there, that fabulous one from Joe Graham. Is that us all then? Well, oh, wait, wait, oh, oh, oh no. Oh, 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 oh. What, last minute, okay. Hold on a damn minute. Last minute entry. This has just been placed in front of me, sorry. We've got at Katana Squirrel here with took him three hours to fit a giant Bang 316 flag in the cannon, <laughs> but it'll be worth it when Vince pisses himself. God, can you imagine the amount of piss that'd be coming out of Vince? <laughs> It'd be like The Shining, but with piss just coming just out of it. fly off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everyone for your hundreds, yikes, of captions for the caption contest. And hey, make sure you're over on facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast or over on Twitter at a podcast. Keep your eyes peeled for more caption contests. And if you're interested in sponsoring the caption contest, getting some eyes and ears on your website, your podcast, your YouTube series, or your whatever, then let us know. Head over to page.com forward slash a podcast. But for now, it's time to head back to the Broken Skull Ranch. Or Los Angeles. Oh. Oh. Hopefully we won't run into any rats along the way. And let's go back to the past. Uh-oh. And we're back. Now, that episode was season five, episode one, a.k.a. Set the Tone. But our other episode titles for season five include The Women Bring It. If I brought it back, I made it harder. Give a girl a chance. Snooze, you lose. How hungry are you? Red, white, and boom. <laughs> Thrown down. Heavy impact. Never before. Payback is a bitch. Second place is a piece of shit. Co-ed showdown. <laughs> the co-ed showdown doesn't need a title. It just is what it is. Oh, they did finally do a co-ed sh- That's the last ever episode. I-, I had a watch of it actually as well. It's oh. essentially mixed match challenge where they have teams now instead. So all the challenges are a man and a woman working together. Up until the very end in the school buster, it is uh, a man and a woman doing it as well, I believe. Like, so I didn't watch it all the way through, but the whole thing was like not men competing with women. It was mixed match challenge style. So what, you have to like, tag in your, your partner was, for each part of the school buster? The, the first things that I saw, I watched the first couple of rounds and it was like they did a challenge where, first of all, the man has to go and lift up the weights and carry it to the end of the track whilst the woman is like lifting this rope and hoisting something at the same time. And, you know, both teams need to do something. It's basically head-to-head teamwork instead. I see. It was pretty good. That's it was all right. Cool. But obviously not all right enough because the show died straight That, that could have been a whole... It could be the theme for a whole season. Honestly, you could have done a season of that. It was really cool. And they had, like... It was an all-stars as well of previous people. So oh, Hunter was there as well. Of running course. The course like. of co- well, Hunter's there at the house now just around for dinner. He's like, the sheriff. You know, sheriff's in town. Does that mean I have to cook dinner from... Yes. <laughs> First challenge in this episode featuring the ladies, Rip Off. And Rip Off is possibly one of the best ideas ever. It's such a fucking smart, smart... I, I honestly, when I was watching this, I was like, they need to bring this into into pro wrestling. Yeah, this is a great stipulation. Like, it's I love such, this. It's, and you would be able to see who's got the skills. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to do like a technical map-based championship or something mm. like that, and it was in matches like this. Because I know they tried to do an impact where they had like a round system, and it was fucking dumb. Yeah. It just didn't work. It, no one wanted to see it. Whereas, what What is the gist of this? So this, oh, it's so simple. I love it. Both women have, like, industrial strength straps, he says, around their legs. So they've each got a strap around each leg. Kind of around by the calves, yeah. yeah. 
All you've got to do is pull both straps off your opponent and then ring the bell. That's ding, literally ding. it. And it's so intense and, like, aggressive. And this is proper wrestling that you get yeah. here because of it. Imagine if Daniel Bryan came out and did, like, a heel promo. It was like, I challenge anyone to come and rip these two straps off my legs. You would get, like, an amazing contest. Of course, out of I think it. people would do stuff that you wouldn't even think possible. No. Something which you probably wouldn't see in a normal wrestling match because, like,. I was definitely a late bloomer as it came to appreciating technical wrestling. Like mm. I used to always remember, like as as a kid, when I'd be watching like Raw or SmackDown or pay per view, or whatever. Once they started doing the technical stuff, I'd be like, boring. Yeah. I'm gonna go play out my toys and throw them off the shed because that's the spot that they should be doing. <laughs> you know, what crying, what heel wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> this was very difficult, however, because they were on very coarse sand. Mm. And the women who opted for the leggings and tank tops fared a lot better than those who went for sports bras and gym shorts because these women got cut the fuck up. And not in like kind of like, oh, a little scratch, as in the abrasion, like their knees had been ground yeah. up until they started bleeding. Well, that's round one. <laughs> Yay! Before we actually start off with the ripoff, he's doing the thing again where he's asking them questions, trying to stir the pot. And these women are fucking potty mouth compared to them. Yeah, they, they're all fucking mouth hair like. You there in the black tank top. What do you want to do here? I want to prove I'm one of the biggest fucking badasses this world's ever seen. <laughs> I tell you what. Are you going to back that up? Absolutely, I am. <laughs> all right, well, how about you in the blue shirt? I'm a fucking alpha wolf, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> fucking alpha wolf. Austin's so intimidated. Yeah, he only he only speaks to like three of his women because he's like, whoa, you might be the most fired up group we've ever had. Let's just get on with it, shall we? we we've tested everyone, right? Like everyone's, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I've heard about that rage virus. I don't want any of these girls on the juice. <laughs> I did like that there was a very nervous lady who was invoking the similarly nervous lady from uh, Tough Enough who was like, yeah, I want to be a big bitch. Oh, yeah. I'm going to prove that I'm a badass. Mm. I'm so Kristen starts us off taking on Arelli, 4'11. Kristen, also 4'11. Kristen, also a baddie from Orange is the New Black. Yeah, totally. Totally one of the wrong guns from Orange. Like. Who, in a later season, when we've run out of ideas, find out you got heart of gold. Yeah, oh, actually all right. Yeah. Like, it only took four episodes to come to that conclusion. What I will say as well is Arelli was my immediate favourite off the bat because A... Never heard that name before, and I think that's a fucking beautiful name. Arelli. Arelli, that's great. B, she is dressed like Dakota Kai, essentially. Oh, She's she wearing is, that yeah. awesome fucking ring gear. She looks so cool. Arelli does make short work of her opponent. Mm, she dominates her. Like. Fucking dominates her. I did think, though, most of the women skewed very short. Like mm. It seemed to be like that they were like five foot and under, by and large. Mostly. And I couldn't help but think that's got to work against you in that school book that's coming up toward like I was thinking about this right at the start all the climbing and like getting over things yeah surely the height's gonna be all the, the fucking trap doors into water and such like that well you yeah know? and did you notice as well later on when we get to the school buster and they're like let's bring back our female champion and this fucking seven foot woman yeah she's taller like, than Steve she's like Charlotte Flair like, yeah it's crazy Coming up next, we got Sarah versus Beth, who wrestled in the sand for a long time. Which yeah. really, like, the point as well is that the people who spent longer in this first bit are so fucked for the rest of the contest. Yeah, you've spent yourself already. There was a lady who later on had got her hands, she had to wear special gloves. And she, when she was wrestling here, you could see her hands were just grinding into uh... that sand. And, you know, you got most challenges in, in 
Broken Skull involve pulling a rope, mm-hmm. yanking something. Yeah, it's always it's, tension on the hands. It's hand-based. It's a all lot of friction it. all the time. So, yeah, you could tell that this is not going to be... This could have been a second round one easily, Steve. But this is a, a hell of a match, these two, though, because Beth yeah. is really tall and Sarah is really fucking jacked. Like, she's a tank. Like. And they grab one apiece. Sarah grabs the second and then the bell. It's Timmy taking on Aaron now. And then Aaron had this like weird little line where it's like, I don't care what's going to happen. I'm going to take it to her. There's no way she can beat me when she's in her buff. I'm a little more scrappy than Timmy. I'm a little more aggressive from what I've seen from her. So I'm hoping that comes out in her buff. Okay, ladies, here we go. In a what? In her buff. In a... I didn't know what in it was. Buff. What? I think she was saying like she had no buffs left or something like that. No, I, I don't in, know. In her buff. I don't know. I really don't know. Oh. It doesn't matter because Timmy fucking murders her. Timmy is terrifying. <laughs> Timmy's intense. She's the closest thing we've got to Shayna Baszler out of all these women here. Yeah. She's so scary. And she is all business. She takes both bands. But there's a little bit, this is how you can tell that she's, she's in it for the long haul. Because there's a bit of drama then. Because she grabs both bands. But then she fell over when she's running for the bell. Oh, this is great. And Austin's like, like God damn, yes. Yeah. And Erin gets right back on top of her and she won't let go. Like, this is a really good story, this match. It is <laughs> like, incredible. And this is why I was just starting thinking about wrestling. Because, like, if these fucking like obscenely intense fucking people who are you know you don't you don't get someone who comes here who knows how to put on a show in the Broken Skull Challenge mm. maybe in the first season this is people who know how to do obstacle courses how to win yeah. the end like and they're they don't care about showmanship I bet actually Timmy was so pissed off with themselves that they fell over and added this drama yeah you know so imagine actual like pro wrestlers whose job is to actually make a story out of this mm-hmm. I think it's a great concept it is it's really good Jesse taking on Jeanette. Jesse is also incredibly fucking intense. Yeah, Jesus. Austin calling it close. All bands are off old legs. Now, this is the first time we had it where, like, they both managed to get both bands off, so it's now a case of who can get to the bell first, essentially. Very, like. very close. But Jeanette won it only by the hair of the frog. Oh, Jeanette goes through. She who acts first moves on. That's what they say, as the old saying goes. Yeah. yeah. Let's go find the next challenge. Do do. Okay. Do 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 do. do. <laughs> uh, round two. Hoisted. All right. You've got to hoist three big things of sand. Yeah. So it's one barrel full with sand. You pull it up, and then the sand comes out with the barrel. The idea being that further up you pull it, the more sand that comes out. It's meant to get lighter as it goes. Yeah. Then two. Then three, one of them contains Diddy Kong, and no one knows which one it actually is. Uh, don't forget the most important part. You've got uh, to hoist all three barrels to the top. Ring the bell! Ring the bell! Ring the bell! Ring the bell! We hope that you're inspired! If you're not a Vince McMahon, you're fired! <laughs> Never forget. How manageable the wrestling problems of 2013 seem <laughs> it now. It was a simple time. A simple time, like. So you got to pull out all, all these sand barrels. I'll tell you what, I thought that one side of this was rigged. Because mm-hmm. on both of these semis, the person on the right-hand side, the second barrel, gave them no end of trouble. That oh, second, really? It just would not fucking move. Now, mm. I don't know if it meant that just so happened that both times the lady on the right-hand side didn't have she the was spent, she was like, spent or whatever could be. but they both hit the fucking wall at the exact same moment here no i don't like the idea of any part of this being rigged it just not to say rigged sorry that seems wrong broken okay <laughs> and in fairness in the broken skull challenge one of the challenges being broken 
or if one, of, if one of the chances was a skull, you simply wouldn't really bat much of an eyelid, would you? Timmy struggles. Like it seems like she's at the end already, given yeah. how intense she was. But I think again, that's the first round that's intensity. That's the first like, round coming after it. Jeanette, takes it out of you. Jeanette won hers quite quickly, so this one meant that Jeanette really easily won it, and it was kind of sad. There was no neck and neck at all, and they couldn't even nah. pretend. I think Timmy was still on the second barrel while Jeanette was like all the way towards the end. Yeah. Arelli taking on Sarah. Sarah's got the special gloves. Oh. Did you ever see in TNA where they had Ultimate Elevation, which was a giant X scaffold over the top of the oh, ring? Yeah. And AJ Styles as the heel. Had the gloves! Of course. The gloves! You gotta think, Mac, with those gloves that he's got. You've got to be kidding Is me. Is that the... where his glove gimmick came from? He wore like... the gloves! Yeah. And he had the gloves, and he, he came out smiling, pointing at the <laughs> gloves. <laughs> Mike say, like, a lot of people pointing to the gloves of AJ Styles that might give him the competitive edge in this match. Notice his opponent, Rhino, is not wearing gloves. Oh, man, Rhino's not got gloves. You've got to be kidding wow. me. And they told the story of the gloves. And that is a very, very brave story to tell while you're elevated high above the ring on a scaffold. The story of this scaffold match is gloves. <laughs> <laughs> and the story of this game of Hoisted is also gloves. Well, you say that because Sarah's the one with the gloves, right? She is. So she should have the advantage. She struggles at the second barrel again. Arelli fucking hoofs it, though. She is just like, yoink, yoink, yoink. She's lifted so, it. She's so short. Mm-hmm. And she literally just like, lies down and uses her body as a lever. Yeah. It's incredible. But I think, had it not been for the gloves. Wow, man, those gloves. You might get them in a brown bag special. If it wasn't for the gloves, we wouldn't have gotten a near photo finish because Aureli, yeah. towards the end, I think the three barrels were getting the better of Aureli. Mm. And then Sarah did manage to get the second set up. Yeah, Austin's popping big for it. Like she didn't have the gloves. That wouldn't have happened, Adam. I'm just saying. This this was all about the gloves. Aureli falls at one point, which gives us the greatest moment of, of like, oh my God, who's going to win it? Yeah. She rallies and she wins because Aureli is a fucking tank. She is, honestly. She is just a fucking machine. Round three. It's the pit and... Tire change. Basically, I gotta... I gotta... <laughs> <laughs> I gotta haul ass into town and do some chores. Uh, can you change my tires? I don't know how. I've never done it on the Eliminator. The uh, wheels are a bit big. Every time I bust a tire, Russo and the guys just got me a new vehicle. So I don't know how to operate the UFO I got last week. So I need someone <laughs> to change the tires on the beer truck, the Eliminator, or the tank from straight up Steve Austin. <laughs> Arelli and Jeanette are in the finals here. And to tire change, bin the octagons, folks. It's time for some tire flipping. Yeah, so this is just flipping Big fucking tires right up a long track. Like, you flip them up a ramp and into a basket. you got to do that three times. It felt like the first two rounds were, like, kind of way more intense than they had planned. So they thought, let's dial this one back. Yeah. Like, because, like, with the length of that first round, particularly how intense it was, this seemed like fucking baby town frolics. They're just flipping a tire. Yeah. Well, I think that's generally what they've done for season five of the pit because like back in season one, it was like, you got to carry 400 pounds of scrap metal. Yeah. Like, it takes you 10 minutes. With this, it's either you're pushing a big octagon or you're flipping a tire. It's hard, but it's definitely not as hard as it used to be. I think the biggest difficulty that is encountered is that Arelli can't control the tire flips because she uses the same height as the tire, yeah. which, is, which obviously is difficult. Steve Austin with great commentary here though these ain't no bicycle tires 
Bicycle tires ain't got no business on my ranch. What the fuck? Anti-bicycle. Don't now. don't you fucking ride your bike around Steve Austin's way, all right? <laughs> don't you take it down to 1T3 Gimmick Street. He hates those bicyclists. We make it into the pit, and this is pretty much identical to the previous episodes, to how, how it went down. Literally. Oh, you got 60 seconds. Oh, okay, no, we're going to get in there. And then they wrestle for five minutes. And then a hand brushes some sand, yeah, and it's the, over. The end. Yeah. Good thing Steve was there good and close to, to actually call that, because I didn't see it. No, me neither. There's a load of sand blowing in the face. It really uh, felt like it had just gone on for a while, and Steve was like, uh, uh, that's it, it's over, come on, let's go. Throw sand in their eyes, <laughs> oh, it's over. I love when Arelli is then like, so like, hey, you got that skull buster tomorrow. She's so fucking intense. She's like, yeah, I'm going to spend the night. I'm going to rest. I'm going to recuperate. I'm going to get some electrolytes. <laughs> <laughs> I will Jesus. conquer it. She is fucking pumped right now. Yeah, pumped full of electrolytes. But now we need to get a nice package. I walk this empty street <laughs> on the boulevard of broken skull. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots of lots of memories and then Austin just kind of goes hey Arella you ready for the broken skull challenge you ready for the skull buster I'm ready Steve what's the deal with your son yeah just like out of nowhere he's like what's that all about like you got like a kid or something what's that what's the deal with your son is he trying to get in her head right before she does it or something yeah it's like fucking Dean Ambrose all over again here like. okay get ready three Two. No, wait a minute. Is your son still being bullied? Or like, oh, don't, don't worry about it anyway. Let's go. Three, two. Who's looking after the kids? <laughs> Three, two. You lock the back door? You sure? <laughs> you ever get that? The locked door kind of, oh, did I? Oh, I guess you live in a place Every... that automatically locks behind you, don't you? Oh, no. I would always get it all the time before I did that, though. Yeah. Like, do you, do you want to talk about your, yours and Joe's way of making sure that never happens? Yeah, me, me and Joe... Because it freaked me out the first time I saw this happen. <laughs> Explain, like, what happened the first time you saw us? Well, me, you and Joe were leaving your place to go and get some food from somewhere. And we just left and you locked the door. And then as you were leaving, you and Joe turned to each other and said this weird... It sounded like something from Handmaid's Tale where it's like... <laughs> Blessed be the fruit, may the Lord open, or whatever it is. Like it, it was really scary. So to what me. happens is, whoever's taking their keys, one person locks the door, mm-hmm. and whoever locks the door turns to the other and says, "A pigeon has no use for keys." <laughs> and then the other person says, "It opens a door with its song." Now I had no idea what the fuck that was, and I was so frightened. And the idea <laughs> being that it's such a silly, weird, memorable phrase where your mind can easily invent and lots of people who are like have, don't live somewhere where you have to lock your door afterwards are probably mm. like what or like you live in Canada where all your doors are open you care for the old and everyone gets free healthcare you know you leave your money on the side you put your wallet in the front yard you leave, like... you leave a little bit extra out for the milkman yeah. like, just in case <laughs> you know uh, your Amazon packages don't get ripped into etc if you are leaving a house you have to lock it's very easy to forget that you've locked it and that's serious anxiety for the rest of your and day and then your head will say no I have locked it and you rethink well think back do you remember locking the door now mm. locking a door is not a memorable thing nah. saying a pigeon has no use for keys it opens the door it's song and then your partner you know you're joining in on that yeah you will remember that you will you definitely and will. i can tell you right now i have eliminated that anxiety from my life yeah that's fair i have turned around a few times while i've had a train that i need to catch and had to run back five minutes yeah, and I go oh it is it is locked i'm just going crazy it's just a waste of time it was yeah. you know so there you go folks feel free to use it attribute dilbert where they use that little rhyme in there uh, that little little coding uh, okay, phrase that's where it's from like, it's from an episode of dilbert where they really co- felt vaguely religious to me where, like... where they code all the messages and then eat them afterwards so <laughs> there's no more leaks in their offices 
So yeah, it's time for <laughs> it's time for the skull. It's time for the skull. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> Cassidy, she is so tall and statuesque. And what's her job? She is a professional obstacle course runner. That is her job. That is her job. Yes. Like, you know, there you go. Just give up now, Aureli. I love you. You're great. You're a fucking tank. Just give up, though. It was so... Again, I wanted to see this in wrestling. Because mm. she was so much shorter than her. And they're like... Cassidy's like, my time is 7 minutes 52. You're going to have to take a lot more steps than I did, though. And Aureli's like... Yeah, well, I'm going to... I'm I've got into... I'm going to win. Mm. Because like, damn it, she's right. But still, but fuck C- it. Cassidy literally doesn't sweat this at all. Like. Yeah, she knows. She's taller than Steve Austin. Yeah. You know, she's a big, big, big lady. Arelli's all business. She's got no time for the high comments. She won't She won't enter into this. No. So she's going to go at it. And this is this is what I want to see. I want to see, like, insurmountable odds in the Broken Skull Challenge, you know? I want to see someone who's like, fuck this is going to be a re like uh, this. It will re- take a miracle for me to win this. Yeah, so. and I really enjoyed watching this one. I probably all the Broken Skull yeah. challenges I've seen so far because this was like a great wrestling story where you've got someone who steamrolls everyone, everything, but then they come up against adversity that would make anyone fucking mm-hmm. quiver. And it's like, well, fuck. Now we're going to see what they're made of. Yeah, this is this is how Ryback should have been booked. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He needs that big obstacle eventually. Like. Now, if I recall, in the first season. They had made some differences between the men's and the women's Skullbusters. Yeah, little bit. Like, t- tiny tweaks. Yes. Like, I don't think there was any such tweaks. There was. Just was there? very subtle ones. It was things like the ribcage, instead of being 300-pound ribs, they were 200-pound ribs. It so, was... like, there's two giant sets of ribs on the ranch now. I think the, they must fill them with weights or something. Ah, and then, I, I don't know. But it's just the weights are adjusted for the women. I think whenever there's a weighted sack or a weighted rope, like, the barn is a little bit lighter, I think. <laughs> they have to fucking erect a barn. I was saying, this is like, Aurelie's got fucking... <laughs> She's got a hard task ahead of her just because, like, all the challenges so far have been, like, she could use her strength to get through. But here where she's at now, it's like, oh, this is going to be hard because she's got a fucking 75-pound log over her shoulder. And you're going to be really fast. Yeah, and you can't hold it over one shoulder if you're four foot eleven. She has to hold it out front. Yeah. And it actually is taking her off the course because it's so heavy and it's carrying her away almost. She, she takes, like, a minute 40 just doing the log bit of the start because it's, like, Already, he's off to a bad start with that. Austin has to like break his con- and stop the contraption a few times, <laughs> uh, you know, which is bad. She moves on to the second challenge, and of course, on that, the the net is very loose. She doesn't get the full swing, so she has to go the whole way up. Oh, she takes ages on the wedge. This is weird because I was like, oh, it's taking ages, but the time is seven minutes fifty-two, which seems like a very beatable time. It feels like it. Feels like it's beatable. You got Austin there going, oh, it's getting hard now for Aureli. When we start chipping away at your lungs, we chip away at your mind. Okay. Yikes. Think about your son. What's going on there? (laughs) I bet he'll cry if you fuck this up. What about his report card? Has that been good? (laughs) Think going the way you want? You want your son to see you fail on television already? You still chipping away at that mortgage? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. At 30 minutes and 40 seconds, we get one of the greatest noises of all time. That's my grunt of the night, Kevin! Is it when she raises the barn? And it's a robo slow mo. There you go, Eddie! Because it's stone cold going, I think it's either oh yeah or booyah. Booyah. But it's slowed down to booyah. And it sounds so much like 
combo breaker. It sounds like Big Show when he's doing his big sniper touch. Boom! <laughs> She's onto the challenge. We have to move the shipping container around. Mm. And Steve Austin goes, This ain't just any shipping container. This is a broken skull shipping container. <laughs> gone mad on these effects all of a sudden. Like. Uh, fucking Arelli's glooping. She's like, Yeah! Fucking she... spit coming out. This is the point where I started to get a little bit worried because she is like... There's grunting, and then there's like... <sighs> you think she's like, going to okay, push herself too hard? Take like, a breath, because you are really pushing it now. Like. And she's knackered by the time we get to number five. Like, yeah. they're totally... Good thing you're not doing the fucking nutcracker now, because that would have been fucking too much at this point. Yeah, Jesus. Thank God they nerfed this one a little bit. Going to Rainmaker, which is really scary, because it's like... You know, up to her fucking mouth. She drown under that fucking weighted bag. Like, she is so small in all that water. Like, And then we get on to Burnout. She gets to the second set of tyres. Mm. Loses her grip. Oh, it's scary. It's a nasty fall. She looks like, for a second I thought she blacked out. Because she can barely get over the top of the obstacle. And then she just goes limp. And then yeah. she comes back again and she starts climbing. Well, she would, keep in mind that when she falls, she goes under the water. But that's it. She, so you she don't does see fall. how she falls. You don't see how she lands. It, she lands on her back. You yeah. can tell that much. Like. And the arm is out a little bit as well. It didn't look like a good fall. Although I don't think there's any good fall when you're fucking exhausted. Falling like eight feet into some water on your back after going through all of that school bus. Yeah, so. I don't know. And she fucking flounders around and flails. And then we hit go, medic, 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 cut your commercial. Will she need medical attention? Find out as the Broken Skull Challenge oh, yeah. rolls on. Like, who was Adam and Billy's MVP? We'll find out once we have a word <laughs> from our sponsors. All right, have you ever been on a night out with someone who has either drunk too much or maybe passed out or had, like, had a bad time? Mm-hmm. And then they've been like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like very smiley, very happy, but need to sit down. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was literally me on Saturday last week, Kevin. Not, not exaggerating. That is exactly what happened to me on she Saturday. She had the vibe of someone who had had her bell rung in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. It wasn't like, damn, I've hurt my arm. It's like... I want to sit up. I want to sit up. She was shaking. Yeah. She was not like a rally, let's just say. No, it was scary. I, I think she must have blacked out for a second. Cause I the, think so. She was so dazed and disoriented. Like, like, yeah, unless she went and had a couple of fucking stiff drinks underneath the water there before she submerged, mm. I'm pretty sure that she's fainted because, you know, I, I've seen fair few folks faint in my time and that's the kind of, that's the, the vibe afterwards. The post-faint confusion. Yeah, like. that's the, the, the post-faint buzz, essentially. Yeah. yeah, the medic is like, can you stand up? She's like, yep, yeah, but I'd like to sit down. Yeah. And then Austin's like, you know, hey, let's talk about your son. (laughs) Oh, no. And you thought at the start of the Skull Buster was the worst time to bring it up. When she shakily brought to her legs, like, hey, I know you got all that stuff with your son. Uh, probably could have used that money, huh? Ay, ay, ay. I mean, her attitude is great. She's not too bummed about no. it. She's like, uh, my son at least will get to see me doing my damnedest. She made herself like fall and pass out because she tried so hard. Yeah, like. I don't think there was anything more to give in this. You know, she fucking... She will probably acquit herself better than most folks who actually come to the end of the contest, you know? Mm-hmm. I wasn't really paying attention to the time at the end, if she was going to beat it or not. They stopped showing it, I think. Yeah. I, I get the feeling that she was just straight up already past the time anyway. There was no chance. 
And that is, that's what kills you about the Skullbuster. It's like, it's a hard obstacle course, yeah, but it's the fact that she's forcing herself to run through it so quick. And you could see the yeah. way she was breathing was scary. If she had her like. own time to set on this, she probably would have beaten it. Oh yeah, I reckon so for sure. It was the yeah. rushing that killed her. But alas, Stone Cold Steve Austin, that Skullbuster done chewed you up. Sure did. Cassie, more like Cashy, am I right? Yeah, another 10k for her. Yeah, they didn't make a big deal about that, but I assume she just got the money, like, oh, yeah. give that in the fucking envelope, like, ugh, dirty. She's like. maybe at the point now, she's like, oh, cool, great. It's like another 10 grand I'm not going to check. Like She's building a fort out of it. Like, <laughs> Well, there we go. Broken Skull Challenge. Adam, I had such a fun time. I watched two more episodes of this, and yep. then straight up Steve Austin. It's a fucking great time always. I miss watching game shows. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be a big part of my childhood, a big part of my media diet. I feel the game show is not part of my life anymore in the way it should be. We're living in an age when Supermarket Sweep is coming back. Let's tide yourself over in the meantime. The Broken Skull Challenge. If this is season five where you think, well, maybe they've run out of ideas and mm. the wheels have fallen off the car. It's always a blast because the people are fucking weird. Yeah, and it's fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, no, it, uh, on his worst day, he's entertaining as fuck. Yeah. Like, so all five seasons of this are available online quite easily to stream in the UK and America, I think. Mm -hmm. Definitely check it out. It's so fucking good. And if Straight Up Steve Austin doesn't last, there'll always be the memories of the Broken Skull Challenge. And you know what? I'm not ruling out doing more episodes of the Broken I Skull love Challenge. I so much. I had so much fun, and I hope you all have had a good time. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Adchera Podcast. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher, leave us an old rating or review. Helps the algorithm. Bit of word of mouth. We've had people always telling us they've introduced us to friends. We always massively appreciate that. And hey, hope to see a whole bunch of you at the London Podcast Festival. Yeah. September 7th. It's going to be a barn-burning time. We're going to be looking at some wrestlers in ads And uh, Steve Austin might be making an appearance or two there If you're someone who's been to all the live shows Make sure you punch your card and come and see this one as well There's going to be a whole mess of backers from Patreon There's going to be people from Team Friendship It's going to be a great day And as well there's a how-to wrestling live show All about the world of music On earlier in the day Buy three tickets, get 15% off There are less than 20 tickets left as of today so you better get yourselves some tickets real quick because we've sold out the last two years and we don't plan on buying in this year. So uh, yeah, check yourselves some tickets from kingsplace.co.uk or check our social media at aepodcast or facebook.com forward slash Adagera podcast for more details. If you want to see any videos of our content, you can go to facebook.com forward slash podcast where you will find a shitload of clips from current episodes, old episodes, Patreon content, new releases, lots of previews, lots of goofs, and lots of fun to be had on our videos. And if you've got any ideas for any moments from this episode or recent episodes that you'd like to see put to video, look me up. I'm not hard to find. <laughs> and hey, patreon.com slash podcast for loads and loads of audio content. We've just hit the 50th episode of the Smackdown Crawl. That episode is going to be available on this timeline, the main timeline, for you to check out. If you want to get a little bit of a wetting of your appetite, there's also episodes of the Bibliotech available on this main timeline for free over on patreon.com slash podcast. all for just $5. You want to jump in for one month and then piss off at the end of the month? Absolutely. <laughs> go ahead. 
piss off. Piss off. Who needs you? Who needs you? But uh, by and large, folks, tend to stick around because you get guaranteed every month two glorious pieces of content, video, audio, or otherwise. And as well, with $10 backing, there's over 30 Q&A episodes. You can get discounts on merchandise and all of our commentary tracks by becoming a Dan7 backer. And if you've got a project, podcast, website, YouTube series, or something you want to plug and get off the ground and you want to sponsor the caption contest, details of all that are available at patreon.com slash podcast. There's some very exciting new video content making its way onto that Patreon very, very soon. So keep your eyes peeled if you're a backer. And of course, as well, Attitude Era Podcast t-shirts, they're available now. Teespring.com slash stores slash podcast. There will be new designs added soon. Ooh. And if you've gotten yours already, folks who have been sending in pictures, make sure you hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Looking snazzy in your fly new t-shirts. Let us know how you're getting on with them. And hopefully we'll see you all at the podcast festival wearing some sick threads from teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash AE podcast. But until next time, it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And we'll see you next time on the Attitude Era podcast. Catch your ass down the road. A lot of guys are beating themselves. <laughs> Fuck sake. <laughs> Finish your material. Finish your great bit. <laughs> oh, um, I was thinking, man, a lot of guys are beating the. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> Solid gold. Come on. Worth it. <laughs> Nailed it. Really <laughs> stuck the landing. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs>